0: Talk
1: Live It's Free Talk Live Talk Radio that you control and six oh three two eight three 6160 is the number you can call to get in on the conversation with us. That's 603 283 6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie,
2: Lori, and
1: Nikki. And we have a lot of different things um, to talk about tonight. The first thing I want to start with is a bit crazy. Ian actually told me about it. Even in jail, Ian is always giving me show prep because um, he's reading the Wall Street Journal and. I guess they they'll print a bunch of other people's news articles too. Um but he told me about this. I actually got the story from Amnesty Amnesty International's own website, which is amnesty.org. And they do kind of a lot of just like human rights um work, like all over the United or, or the the world because it's international. And apparently it says Evidence of Israel's unlawful use of white phosphorus in southern Lebanon um, as cross-border hostilities escalate. So there's evidence that they use something called white phosphorus. Do you guys know what that is? Mm
2: -mm. No, not off the top of my head.
1: I had never heard of it. I mean, I
2: know what phosphorus is. It's like an essential mineral that you need in your body. Right. Or electrolyte, rather.
1: Right. But apparently white phosphorus is something you don't want in your body, and I only heard about it today. And it um basically if you even get touched by a little bit of it, you will need you will start, um you'll be poisoned to death. I don't know exactly what will start happening. So it's to very you. like
2: very strong. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: It's um it says incendiary, which I Googled it. it just says capable of causing fire. So I guess it's flammable. But this is what they're saying Israel shot at Lebanon, which I didn't even know they were shooting anything at Lebanon. I thought it was basically just Gaza. And that's pretty interesting to me because it's apparently a war crime. Um, it's This from this article says, The Israeli army filed, fired artillery shells containing white phosphorus, an incendiary weapon, in military operations along Lebanon's southern border between 10 and, 6, 10 and 16 October. The 10th and the 16th of this year amnesty international said today one attack on the town of daria or daira on the 16th of october must be investigated as a war crime because it was an indiscriminate attack that injured at least nine civilians and damaged civilian objects and was therefore unlawful said the organization and so i guess an indiscriminate attack just means like they weren't going for a specific Um, target that was people who were involved in the war.
3: They're just shooting them off wherever.
1: Yep. And if you, if nine civilians are injured, I'm pretty sure that means that they're going to die. Like they will get poisoned until they die. That's what
2: it seems like. It seems because I looked it up too, and it seems like um, if you're exposed to it, either like on your skin or if you inhale it, because when they when it like ignites. There's a lot of smoke that's created, so if you inhale that, it seems like it's extremely toxic, and I-, I don't know if it's fatal, but you'll definitely be poisoned by it, you know?
1: Yep. It says cross-border hostilities in southern Lebanon have escalated significantly since October 7th, which was when Gaza attacked Israel, I'm-, I'm pretty sure. Israeli shelling in Lebanon has killed at least four civilians and 48 Hezbollah members so far. I, I just had no idea they were attacking Lebanon, like, in my... Understanding of Lebanon, I just don't think of them as one of the people who are like constantly at war with Israel. Oh, they are. Mm. Well, I
2: I don't know about Israel, but um, I had one of my really close friends growing up was from Lebanon, Mm. and actually, um, probably when I was maybe in sixth grade, they moved back to Lebanon. Mm. Wow. Um, And she, her, and her brother ended up going to college in like Canada and other places, but her family still lives there now. And I think she might—I don't know if she's still in Canada, but she might be in um, Lebanon. But that was a thing like. You know, we were always, like, very concerned about her and her family because, like, we would hear about, like, war, like, them. There's just a lot of unrest in all of the Middle East, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, I think, like, even if they're not directly at war with somebody, like, they are still, like, close enough for it to be unsettling.
1: Hmm. I just know they're one of the ones where, like, oh, you could go there and wear regular clothes and they yeah. they won't kill you. Yeah, it's a little thing.
2: bit more progressive.
1: Unlike what Alu was telling me today. Olu, um, he he's a caller to the show. And uh, he's going to call in about it So at some point. So I'm not going like, to give away his whole call. But he has some opinions on the Israel stuff that we've been talking about. And he was telling me, yeah, everyone in Gaza is just bad people, basically. Like, they're all they're all really bad. And I've been there. And if you went there wearing what you normally wear, they would kill you. Unlike if you went to Israel, maybe some might be offended, but they wouldn't kill you. And I
2: don't know. So, yeah, just like cultural differences. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Gaza is just much, much different in from what I've heard, than Lebanon. Like, um, I read this story about a girl who was from Lebanon, and she loved America. She had been to America uh, many mm-hmm. times, and she wanted to go to this place in Michigan where a lot of Muslims live now. And I forget what it's called right now. But it's known for having, like, a large pocket of Lebanese people, but also, like, just a lot of different Muslims from all over the world. And she went there, and she said that they were stricter with her, telling her to put clothes on... Really? ...than they are in Lebanon. So she went back... yeah so
2: i mean my friends from lebanon they were extremely religious they were hmm. very christian um but Hmm. they weren't like very modest or anything they were like typical american people honestly yeah maybe a little bit more modest so that's
1: why i don't know it just kind of surprises me that israel is like doing a war crime at lebanon like i just don't think of them as one of the ones that are like if they said uh, saudi arabia i wouldn't be as surprised because you always hear about them being like enemies so but apparently some Hezbollah people are living there. And I don't know exactly which. I, I don't know how to differentiate Hezbollah from Hamas, from ISIS, you know. But I just know that that is definitely a gang of criminals. But also the Israeli government is too. It says Amnesty International is investigating attacks by Hezbollah and other armed groups on northern Israel to determine whether they violated international humanitarian law. They say it is beyond horrific that the Israeli army has indiscriminately used white phosphorus in violation of international humanitarian law. The unlawful use of white phosphorus in Lebanon in the town of Daira on the 16th of October has seriously endangered the lives of civilians, many of whom were hospitalized and displaced and whose homes and cars caught fire.
3: Doesn't the whole war endanger the lives of civilians? (laughs) Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Now you'd it's, think. It's kind of strange to be like, you can kill them this way. Right. But not that way.
1: And it is also weird that they're investigating attacks by Hezbollah to see if they violated international humanitarian law. Shouldn't attacks be against the law? You know, unless it's... I mean, you'd think. Um, self-defense, but... I mean, it would be against our law, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the non-aggression principle, definitely. It says, um, the person who said that quote was, Maj Zub. Deputy Regional Director for the Middle East and North Africa at Amnesty International. And she goes on. With concern growing about an intensification of the hostilities in southern Lebanon, the Israeli army must immediately halt the use of white phosphorus, especially in populated areas, in line with its forgotten 2013 pledge to stop using these weapons. It must abide by its commitment and stop further endangering the lives of civilians in Lebanon. And, I don't know, Ian said that that was pretty huge. The article he read from, um, I, I think it's the Wall Street Journal that he um, read, like, explained what it does. And here, here it does, too. It says, The usage of white phosphorus is restricted under international humanitarian law. Although there can be lawful uses, it must never be fired at or in close proximity to a populated civilian area or civilian infrastructure, Due to the high likelihood that the fires and smoke it causes spread. Such attacks, which fail to distinguish between civilians and civilian objects and fighters and military objectives, are indiscriminate and thus prohibited. White phosphorus is an incendiary substance mostly used to create a dense smoke screen or mark targets. When exposed to air, it burns at extremely high temperatures and often starts fires in the area in which it is deployed. People exposed to white phosphorus can suffer respiratory damage, organ failure, and other horrific and life-changing injuries, including burns that are extremely difficult to treat and cannot be put out with water. Burns affecting only 10% of the body are often fatal. Says the body of evidence reviewed by Amnesty International indicates that Israel has used white phosphorus smoke artillery shells during an attack on the southern border of Da'ira a populated civilian area amnesty international's crisis evidence lab verified videos and photos showing the use of white phosphorus smoke artillery shells in da on the 16th of october and their researchers interviewed the mayor of Da'aria. ria oh my gosh it's really hard to say a resident of that place a first responder who facilitated the transfer of injured civilians to a nearby hospital and an emergency doctor working in the hospital which received the injured civilians. The team also gathered compelling evidence indicating the use of white phosphorus in three other incidents between the 10th and 16th of October in that town and the border towns Al-Murray and Eta Al-Chab by verifying videos and photos of these attacks. So yeah, I think they kind of already said that, and I just read it again. Um, But they have, you know, they're talking about that they have actual evidence of it, and they're pretty sure that Israel did do this, and that it's a war crime. And I just think, I don't know, I want to share all sides of the story, obviously, if I heard the same thing coming from Hamas. Uh, Apparently, some people think that we on Free Talk Live are being more... Like, on the side of Gaza. And I'm not on either side more. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people assume,
2: like, if you're not for Israel, you're, like, for Palestine and yeah. Gaza or whatever. But I, I I, think we've, pretty much all of us, have made it pretty clear on this show, like, we're not on anyone's side. If anyone's side, like, we're on the side of the actual human beings that live there, who really ha- are making none of these decisions. They're not fighting with anybody. They're they're literally trying to survive, like that's whose side I'm on. I don't really, not that I don't care about the conflict, but I'm just not interested in choosing a side of two, to like gang organizations, essentially, yeah. like all government is the same. And I think for some reason, and, I, and I've heard like a lot of libertarian, like freedom leaning people kind of have these beliefs where like, for some reason, because of all of like the religious background and history, like for some reason like Israel's the one government that they like. Yeah. It's like they can they can conceptualize like yep, the U- the US government's bad, all these other governments are bad except for Israel. Yeah. And I I don't get it. Like they're 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 a gang organization just like the rest of them. Like what's right. the difference?
1: And the thing about it is even if somebody believes in that their religion tells them that God gave them this land, it should really just be up to like whoever can, you know, whoever lives there can take control of it, can defend it, and you shouldn't be creating these mafia type organizations like the government that go in there, bomb people, keep people from being able to move around, and um, you know, create. Something that's basically artificial, like a country that's artificial, where you're demanding that your people get to stay. I just think that that's wrong, just because you believe that, oh, your God told you it's your land, like, 6,000 years ago or something. But, uh, I mean, as far as the country goes, because this was something
2: I didn't know or even really think about, but, because Israel wasn't a country until, like, actually until, like, 1948, right?
1: I don't know the so, exact year, but yeah. I, I think
2: yeah, I think it was like right around that time, like post World War Two. Mm-hmm. And essentially, what I heard, you know, I somebody, you know, fact check on me, like somebody, you know, is if they know more about this topic, they are more than welcome to call in and share. Um, but apparently, it was after World War II to essentially like give Jewish people a place to go.
1: Right, that's what I've always heard.
2: So, I mean, what is so? How is that like the Holy Land? Because like whoever did that. I don't think they were like, yes, this
1: is the exact holy
2: land of Israel.
1: Well, it's where all of the uh, monuments were that people say like, oh, Jesus was here. Like the people that lived there believed that it was the land that they talked about in the Bible. So it sounds like there
2: were other people living there, right? right. Yeah. So there were other people living there. And then like now, because I think like if you're Jewish, you can just like go there. Right. I don't know.
1: Yeah. You so to, like, now it's, you.
2: It, it just seems like, okay, this land was like stolen away from somebody else and like,
1: like a bunch of governments a came bunch of people. together yeah, yeah, and exactly. created a new government in this area. Um, I don't know, like if they killed a lot of people to get people out of the way, but people are definitely like misplaced or displaced. And then they created this little place called Gaza that they have borders all around and it's already very difficult to go in and out of it if you wanted to and now obviously they've been like completely closing it down since the october 7th attacks um and i just think that all of that is so wrong like if the (laughs) i just don't think that you should use governments to create a place for some people to go because of you know hitler so let's create a place for some people to go because well this terrible thing happened which caught like requires us to do terrible people things to other people and yeah. as far as like the way that people act in gaza like being really bad like they would stone you if you weren't wearing a hijab or whatever i don't think i think that that's all really artificial and um happens because of governments because they live in a place where they're not allowed to just get on the internet like us if it's like saudi arabia they have basically like a chinese style um internet blockage and um saudi arabia for another good example also is really strict with immigration even people coming in and visiting stuff like that i just don't think people would still be living this way it's not like natural it's not like it's in these people's blood it's not like these people could never change it's all uh, the ultimate problem is the government so i'm not going to blame all people for the way that even a big chunk of them act um that have the same you know DNA well
3: it's a cultural thing right like I mean if you don't know any better yeah they're indoctrinated they are yeah Yeah. by government and by their religion and everyone around them their family their friends and and that's the thing too so like say
2: like in a country like Saudi Arabia where like women essentially like don't have any rights right I mean you like can't leave the house without a man you can't have a driver's license all this stuff Um, if you're like the so if like pretty much everyone in your society believes that and you're the one guy who's like, no, that's not cool, you know? Like, I want my wife to have, like, freedom and rights. I mean, you will be, like, you will be ostracized At just least, the yeah. same, so it's, like, it's, the it's fear. scary to be that first person, you know? And I think, like, all throughout history, like, when, you know, even in the U.S., when we were, like, fighting for women's rights and, like, the right to vote and all of this stuff... um, it's scary to be the first person to be like, no, I'm I'm standing with these people. This is wrong. Or like, you know, the slaves being released, like e- even if you were like housing slaves or during the Holocaust, like if you ha- were hiding Jewish people in your house, like all this stuff, if you were that person, you were equally as in danger. Like yeah. you, you think if you were hiding Jewish people in your in your house in Germany or Poland, in World War 2, you were also going to that concentration camp. Yep. Because you're a traitor now. So like you're not sticking with the like the rest of the group, you're not sticking with the narrative, so you can't be trusted anymore, so you got to go. So yep. it was a very dangerous typically it's very dangerous to be the opposition as we should know here. And well, it's tribalism.
1: The only yeah. reason that it's so dangerous too, is ultimately because of people who believe that they have the authority to have all the weapons and take them from the average people, like the Germans were disarmed right before yeah. crazy stuff started happening. And um so, you know, they're, these people are living under governments. They're told what to do. Some of them have kings still, like in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, And I, I just think that all of human society would have progressed so much more, would have been, you know, past believing like, oh, well, my God told me I... Get this land, and therefore I'm going to kill you for being here. They would have all been all those people over there. It would be so much better off without governments. Um, obviously, a lot of people just end up creating their own governments. But as far as I know, from what I've heard, Hamas was also actually created by a government, Israel, and then they end up, you know, however many years later. I don't. I think it was like fifty years later or something. Maybe not fifty, but many years later, they end up attacking Israel. So, but the thing is, they wouldn't have existed without Israel. So, it's just like the CIA goes and creates all kinds of terrorists. Yeah, or I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I mean, apparently, Osama bin Laden worked with the CIA before he, you know, did everything he did that we know him for.
3: Oh, that's kind of how um, any organ, like governing organization, works. They have to create, you know, an opposition to keep people. Yeah. To keep their power, right? To keep their power, keep people scared, keep people um, following orders. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how the church worked. The the devil wasn't the big scary devil a long time ago. He was like a trickster. Mm. But the Catholic church was like, well, we need something scary so that people listen to the rules. So let's create the devil. Well, and that's a
2: great point because like, Hell isn't even mentioned in the Bible, right? Or like if it if it is, like very briefly. It's not described but in, like,
1: like it is. In
2: modern in religion yeah. I mean, it Ideals. is described to the detail. I remember um reading a children's version of the Bible where they mm-hmm. were like short stories, right? And they were talking mm-hmm. about hell and there were very like terrifying detail. It was like a horror movie, like yeah. These little flying demons fly around and they zap you and it was talking about all the sorts of torture. In a children's book. That's so bad. And it's like, that stuff wasn't even the Bible. Like, right. where do you guys get this stuff from? You just made all this up to scare children? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's awful.
1: It's terrible. Yeah, I, I hate that story. you have told that a lot. I, I didn't read a children's book about this, but my mom was really into people who believed that they, like, went to heaven and all, all this stuff when I was a kid. So she would read all these stories. And she believed for a little while, and then she ended up being, like, Oh, well, another preacher that I read said that that was a deception, but she believed for a little while that there was this story where this lady went to hell to like see it, and Jesus was there like keeping her safe, but was showing her around. and she saw like Marilyn Monroe in there burning and being tortured, oh, which made me sad, and also um Michael Jackson. And she saw a little boy in there and Jesus told her what had happened was the little boy had just disobeyed his parents and then he ran out in the road and got hit by a car and he was like 10 and he was in there being tortured. And oh, burning. that's convenient,
2: right? So if you disobey your parents, like that is a great way to create obedience yeah. to little children. Right.
1: And then me and my mom were just like, that's really terrible. Like, I wish I didn't hear that. Like, I don't want to think about children who don't know any better disobeying their parents, running out to the street, getting hit by a car, and ending up in hell. But then later, like, another prophet person that she liked to listen to said, Yeah, God came to me and told me that was a deception that was shown to the other prophet lady. But you shouldn't think badly of that person. It was just a mistake. Like, it.
2: It really should be that... It's it's so weird, right? So it's like, okay, well, I should trust you and not her. Yeah. Like, why do you have the authority? So God told you the truth, the but Bible not her? Like, that's so confusing. The
1: Bible literally talks about... What's the word? Sorry. Um, false prophets. So yeah. It well, be like wouldn't that be those time. people? You should only get one chance, and then you're a false prophet. That's I don't think opinion.
3: so. I had, that's one of the things I had a problem with as a kid was hmm. um, I was raised Catholic, and the whole original sin thing like if you're not um baptized then you go to hell
1: whoa that's messed up yeah <laughs> yeah i wasn't raised catholic so i didn't really know that was a thing that's terrible 603-283-6160 is the number for you to get in on the conversation it tells what you think about this this white phosphorus use or anything about war or the middle east we want to hear your opinion 603-283-6160 it's free talk live more coming up
4: This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks. By their chain locks technology, there's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash dot org.
1: Yeah, it's free talk live for you to call to get in on the conversation is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And in the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie, Lori, and Nikki. And I wanted to tell you about Dash. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases and but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction, and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From, from a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chain Locks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at dash.org. And a big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit dash.org to learn more about Dash. Dash.org. I just want to read a little bit more about this white phosphorus stuff. Um, there's a little bit more left in this article, and then we're going to move on to talking about other things. But it says, um, Dr. Haytham Nezer, an uh, emergency doctor at the Lebanese-Italian Hospital, told Amnesty International that on the 16th and 17th of October, medical teams treated nine people from the towns of Daira, Yareen, and Marwan, who were suffering from shortness of breath and coughing, which he said was due to inhaling white phosphorus. Most patients were discharged from the hospital the same day. Okay, so it's not that if you breathe it at all, you die. Ian seemed to be of that. Um, he seemed to believe that if you got it on you at all, you definitely would die, but it's still pretty bad, I guess, and that's why it's a war crime to use it on civilians. It says the regional director of the Lebanese civil, er, er, civil defense, Ali Safedin who facilitated the transfer of injured civilians to the hospital on the 16th of October and the subsequent evacuation of the town on the 17th of October, told Amnesty International that the civil defense received calls for help from residents who reported bombs that are producing extremely bad odor and causing suffocation once inhaled. Four members of our staff, as well as a number of people living in were admitted to a hospital for suffocation in the past few days we were not able to even see our own hands due to the heavy white smoke that covered the town all night long and lasted till this morning the 17th of october ali Safadin told amnesty international the description is consistent with white phosphorus which produces a dense white smoke and a garlic-like odor so, yeah, that's what it's like to get hit by wasp- white phosphorus. It smells like um, burning garlic, I think they said. Um, no, just a garlic-like odor. And it produces such a dense smoke that you can't see your hands in front of you. It causes suffocation. That's just absolutely terrible. It also caught a bunch of people's cars on fire and burnt places to the ground. And um, that's just absolutely terrible. It says, the size, the amount that's just the size of a fist can, um, oh wait, never mind. I don't know what that means. It says, that reignite when exposed to air. I don't know what that means. Um, so yeah, just wanted to bring that up. Ian wanted me to talk about it, and I think it's pretty important to hear about what's going on over there. It's not something I like reading about or hearing about. Like, I'm never really that interested in talking about war, but there are people that are getting, like Nikki said, so interested in just looking at one side of this and I don't think that's a good way to be Um just because it has something to do with their religion like the Christian Bible even says that those who support Israel will be blessed and those who don't yeah. will be cursed but I mean it doesn't even mean the, the country because obviously the country yes. didn't exist
2: uh, and you know I've, I've heard that point made that like this isn't the authentic Israel right? this is a man made Israel Um and, and like you said uh, last segment. Like some of their, you know, the the biblical historical structures are there, so you could assume that that might be the area. Um, but how do we know that this Israel that was created by other governments to essentially put displaced people? How do we know that that is actually like that governing organization is the authentic Israel? Um, uh, we really don't know. Yeah. Um, and people have even called into this show and said. Oh, don't don't worry about this war. This is a holy war. And oh it's good. Yeah. We had one guy calling, like, this was when like it Ew. first popped off. This guy was like, no, it's okay. Just keep praying.
1: Yeah. And I was <laughs> like,
2: uh no, people are dying. But that's how a lot of people think. They're like, well, no, it's cool. We just have to sacrifice all these people for the second coming.
1: Yeah. And terrible. it
2: seems like a lot of people are trying to expedite that process. They're like, They'll do anything for Jesus to come back. And I'm like, but that means creating, like, you know, the apocalypse, right? Like, you guys want the apocalypse to happen? Like, and it seems like they do. Like, it seems like the powers that be, like, it seems like all these government people, they want, I mean, because everything they do, like starvation, disease, like, it seems like they're breeding all of these atrocities.
3: There are a lot of religious people who want to die, like they want they can kill themselves, the apo- then they can't right because then they won't go to heaven, oh right yeah, that's one mm-hmm. of the so, but rules. they want the apocalypse to come and they want they want somebody else you know to kill they them. want to go to heaven because it sounds so great, and maybe their lives here aren't so great. yeah
1: right. Ian and I believe that heaven is just um what you make of your life, and people can be in hell. In their lives, and they can be in heaven in their lives. Not that I don't believe in an afterlife. I actually do. I don't have, like, a specific one really in mind. I just believe that, like, I believe that I'll be in a good place because I'll be a good person. Um, I keep bringing them up, but there are these YouTubers named Sam and Colby, and I am so obsessed with them. Like, I have never been more obsessed with YouTubers, probably. At least not since, like, middle school when I thought Shane Dawson was funny. Um, But... I love Sam and Colby so much. And I've been watching their shows all the time. And basically what they do is they started off being people who did it exploring, um, like, abandoned places. They would film themselves going in and exploring, like, places, like, even in, like, Chernobyl, they've been there. Places that have been abandoned for a long time, just showing you what they find, ca- crawling around, climbing into holes and stuff like that. And one day they did a haunted house, and they, they changed their whole show because they got so interested in... After an experience they had with some, um, they had things with them, like things that would beep if EMF got near it. But the experience they ultimately had that changed their whole channel to be investigating the paranormal was they were just sitting there and they they were able to ask questions out loud. And there were knocks coming from all over the room that they were in, in this haunted place called the Queen Mary ship. So that's just basically a little bit about them. And one thing, it's not, it's not like I'm saying, oh, this is now my like forever in concrete belief. But one thing that they have learned from all the little communications they've had with ghosts and their most recent videos, I really recommend people go watch them. They met these mediums named Satori and Cody that basically have a gift where they, they can hold hands and you hear all these knocks happening. And they've done so much testing with these people like different places They bought them shoes to wear, so that way it's not like, oh, you're making knocks come from your shoes. They've done all kinds of different tests with these people. But these people, Cody and Satori, they'll hold hands, and knocks will start happening. And they've been, like, spelling with the alphabet messages from dead people. Like, they won't ask for a specific person to come through, but the first one that, like, really was crazy on the most recent um, series that Sam and Colby put out was sam's grandma he just started crying he was like oh my god that's my grandma's name and she just spelled out like i'm watching over you and your family members and stuff like that and one thing that's a huge theme that they keep getting from the messages from all of the dead people they always like to ask them if they could have like whole conversations like that like with um satori and cody who live in rhode island um they ask them what do you want to tell people about where you are now about the afterlife and they always answer with like good or love. Like it's a good place. I'm in a good place. Stuff like that. And
2: I would think that everyone would be like, even if you are a bad person in, you know, the here and now in the physical realm, I think that you're going to go like, I believe in reincarnation. I believe that life is about growth in each of our carnations is about learning and growing Um, And if you're a bad person in this in this life, that just means you have a lot more to learn. Um, So I I don't think there's necessarily punishments after that. I just think like maybe you die. Maybe there's a life review. Right. And then, you know, you get recycled back. Maybe it's back on Earth. Maybe it's to some other far away, distant realm. Like I have no clue. clue. There's like this is just my suspicion. Like I don't believe this is like absolute fact. Um, But it just wouldn't make sense to me. Like I don't. I don't subscribe to the philosophy that like everything has to be like scary and we constantly have to be fearful and, you know, everything's bad. It's like maybe everything's just can be good. Right. You know
1: what I mean? Like basically as a kid growing up Christian, I did have this. I it took me until I was an adult and really thought about it. But I had this background feeling that everything was bad. Like I lived in a bad, scary place and I had to watch out and there was only a small amount of good that I had to hold on to, to stay safe. And once I got out of that kind of thinking and started just instead believing that life is good, that is the most comforting, Mm -hmm. good feeling like that. There's some like good force out there and, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be, um, like anthropomorphic if you don't want it to be. But in, in my opinion, it's kind of like a personality, but so un so undefinable because it's everything it's just love it's not like a man or a woman or a certain shape or anything like that and I I feel like there are definitely my like maybe dead ancestors or other guides around me all the time I'm I'm so in awe sometimes when I look back in my life and think about how things could have gone how they didn't go I I just feel like I'm being protected all the time and I, I oh go ahead
3: oh I think we're all a collective energy hmm because everything is electrical impulses all life on earth requires electricity within it to exist and so i like think that we're all one all one big collective energy that you know when you die that electric energy leaves you energy cannot be destroyed or created so it's just constantly being recycled into new life
1: yep that all sounds like stuff i could definitely believe with, believe with um what you guys believe and it's like what I'm saying, like I, I don't have some kind of very specific place. I think that you'll go when you die or what it'll look like or what it'll be like. Um, but I like to like explore it, and mm-hmm. I'm interested in learning more about it instead of being terrified like I was when I was a kid, that if I lied and then, oh, I accidentally got hit by a car, then I would go to hell because I didn't remember to apologize for that.
2: I think that's why so many people are afraid of death. And that's Mm -hmm. why, like, so much of, like, this medical, like, technology is just keeping people alive (laughs) as long as possible. I think it's also because of money, obviously. Because the longer somebody's alive, the longer you can milk them of insurance money and this, that, and the other thing. Um, But, yeah, I, I think... It would be a much peaceful if people were just like, yeah, I'm ready to go. You know, I don't need to be like kept alive artificially on life support the or person who's no. dying
3: usually feels like I'm ready.
2: Yeah. It's but usually it's the, the families, families that keep yeah. them alive. Yep.
1: I've heard that so many times. It's terrible.
2: Mm-hmm. So have a, you know, create your own do not resuscitate order. If you're old and you're like, no, if I, if I died right now, I don't want somebody to break my ribs and resuscitate me and do all this crazy stuff my to God. bring me back to life. You know, if you just feel that way. There. Yeah, if you feel that way, you can absolutely um have an advanced directive where you can either say like do not resuscitate or you can get more specific like yep, I, I want you to do CPR, but I don't want to be put on a vent hmm. or I don't want to be put on, you know, I, you you can get more specific with it. And I think this is all like legal stuff too. Like I don't know if you have to meet with a lawyer or not. I don't know too much Putting about your it. Will or um yeah, yeah, like a living will you probably sort of Yeah, just need thing. a notary. Yeah, exactly, and then like someone like a power of attorney sort of thing but yeah
1: well it's a nice conversation i i like talking about that kind of thing and i don't even necessarily think that um it has to be like war against me and my parents who believe something else it's just like just don't try to make me feel bad in life like make me feel like i'm living in this terrible scary place well it's
2: fear right so it's like uh, and a lot of religious people will be like that they're just like I love you and I'm so afraid that because you're not following the same beliefs that I like they're so indoctrinated by it and they believe it so strongly that they're like I mean if you don't believe what I believe in then you must be going to hell or you must be in some sort of danger or
3: trouble and I think that's why you won't be in heaven with me Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And it, it, I mean, for like people who don't believe that, right, it's like very off putting. It's like, can you just like agree to disagree? And it's it's very hard for them, Um, even if they're finally like, yeah, we're not going to talk about it. You No, know, they're still going to be praying for you at night. And it's
1: which I don't even mind like my yeah, parents praying for me. Because yeah. Well, I, mean, I think. Ultimately, it's just, like, good intentions. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think through. that's necessarily
2: a bad thing, but I think sometimes, like, stuff like that comes from fear,
1: mm-hmm.
2: where they're like, oh, but I have to pray for, you know, my daughter or my granddaughter, because they don't believe in this, and I'm afraid, you know, like, they're yep. praying, like, I hope that she finds Jesus and right. finds you know, like, it's so, it, and that's not, I mean, still, like, it's coming from a good place. Like, I don't necessarily think it's bad, but I, I think maybe it's, it's like, worse for them to right. be, like, stuck worrying. stuck in that. Yeah, it's like the worrying. It's not... Good for you.
1: That's why I was basically always trying to tell my mom and grandma about whenever Ian, before he got sentenced to jail, and Ian's my husband, if you don't know, if you're listening, you don't know who that is. um, He went to jail completely wrongfully. And before it happened, my mom was really stressed out and praying because she loves Ian too. And um, I understood, but I, I I just would ask her to not worry because all worrying does is hurt the person worrying and not help the person who you're worrying about, and it could potentially even hurt them. I, I believe that, like, putting out really f- um negative energy, constantly thinking about a person could kind of do something like a curse because it's, like, what you're saying about everybody being connected and being electrical impulses, I think it's not really, like, oh, a magic spell, it just magically affects you, but I think there's energy in human beings.
2: So like manifestation type right. of, like, law of attraction kind of philosophy in, like, stuff. Quantum um, like,
1: like, quantum... Like, quantum... I don't know if it's quantum mechanics theory or something else. No, I can't remember what it's called. But they have found out that you can affect something very far away from you without touching it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's even like
2: with Reiki. So I I did the Reiki training Mm -hmm. really long time ago. And we would do stuff like that, like distance Reiki. um, And we were like doing Reiki on these dolls. Um, and then like you were supposed to be envisioning your partner in the other room. Right. So we had like no contact at all. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you have to, when you do the other side of the person. Um, and I forget how we communicate to tell them to flip over. But regardless, they're like when you like flip the doll over, you have to be very careful because some people like if you just whipped it over, people like the person in the other room would feel that. And at first, I was like, "Eh, I don't know, like I believe in a lot of woo-woo stuff, but that's like a little too far out for me. Like, yeah, sure, like if I throw the doll on the ground, this person's gonna like you know kind of get a jolting feeling. Uh, But they would.
1: That's crazy. And and
2: like people reported it, and it was like kind of like at the same time, it, it was just. It was strange because the person in the other room had absolute like we had no communication at all. Yeah. I think it was like someone going back and forth. I don't I don't remember exactly, but yeah, it's just like it, it's it's strange.
3: Energy is definitely a real thing. Have you ever met somebody and you're like, "Oh, their energy yeah. is yes. really bad," and then you come to find out yeah. they're a terrible person? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, usually ding, ding. Ding, usually right. That's what intuition is. Usually is just feeling all of that energy around you. Yeah. In the situation. It's not magic.
1: I, yeah. Had, yeah. I had some friends who were identical twins in sixth grade and she told me, well, I was like more friends with one of them and we would eat lunch every day. Um, They're like separated. It was not, it was not right. Like we were in the same room, but the twins were separate cause they were in different classes. But anyway, so I was talking to one of them and she told me when they were kids, she didn't remember it, but their parents always told them the story where they were getting shots, like um, vaccines mm-hmm. and they were doing it one by one. And when, her sister was getting the shot. She was crying and rubbing her like yeah, arm or whatever it was because they're connected,
3: yeah.
2: And
1: she could feel it. She was saying that it hurt exactly where her sister, her twin yeah. sister, was getting. Yeah, um, if
3: if we're all recycled shot. energy, think twins are at the same time. I that's mean, yeah, they in. share DNA. Yeah. I mean, that's like crazy. Right. At the <laughs> same time, that energy is splitting in half. So mm-hmm. basically, you're two parts of a whole energy field when it when it happens because you know there's not. An electrical impulse in the egg itself, yeah. or the sperm itself. But once they become a zygote, the spark of life, yeah, exactly. Wow.
2: Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with these girls, but they're conjoined twins. Uh, I wish I remembered their names: are they
1: Brittany and something else. Yes, Brittany, yeah. Brittany and some Yes, I don't remember. That um,
2: name. so yeah, they so essentially they share a body. Um, so they share all of their organs from the waste down I think like the reproductive system down essentially mm-hmm. um like I, I think it starts at like the the large intestine is where they like only have one but then from like small intestine up they have two of everything so and that's the reason why they're able to be conjoined and like not die mm-hmm. because they have two hearts, two lungs and those are like obviously the most important systems they have you know whatever two livers probably um but w- watching their videos is absolutely fascinating because when they speak They complete just so effortlessly Hmm. complete. Like one will be talking and then the other one will just, they go back and forth to finish a sentence and it's almost like they have two brains, right? They're, they're two separate people pretty much, but they are so used to, I mean, they obviously share DNA. They're like basically kind of one person, but not really. Um, But they not only do they like share DNA and they're so connected But they have lived their life together every single moment of every single day, even when they're sleeping, they are physically connected. So that has just created such a strong bond between them that they know exactly what the other person is going to say. And it is just like, because I'm like, and it took me a while. It's it's so flawless the way they do it. It took me a while to even notice it. And then I was like, wow, they, they do that a lot. And you would think, like, the other person would be annoyed, like, oh, you're interrupting me, you're finishing my sentence, but it's just, like, that is how they exist on a day-to-day basis, and it was just absolutely fascinating to see, and it really kind of just draws to the point of the connectedness of twins and, like, what it means to, like, share a DNA, you know?
1: Right. They are really fascinating. I've heard about them on, like, a TLC show when I was a kid, and then I always, yeah. I always see them around because they're, like, the only ones... I think they're the only conjoined twins that have that exact setup. Yes, yeah. Well, uh,
2: normally, I think a lot of conjoined twins share like either lungs or heart. Like when they're conjoined in that way, Um, and they die very shortly after childbirth Hmm. because they. I mean, for that much body mass, for like all the organs. You need two hearts and you need two sets of lungs, like they won't be able to survive, especially if they have two brains i mean you need, if you if you have two brains like you at least need two hearts, yeah, like you can't, and two sets of lungs like that's really important to even like be able to survive um so I think that was the only reason why they they survived
1: hmm. well yeah i I believe in all that stuff that i one thing that made me feel a lot better about believing that we're all one, because sometimes I think about people I really don't like, and I'm yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to feel like I'm one with them. I don't want to go into heaven and I just jump into some big ball of energy and I'm literally attached to them. I don't want to do that. But one thing that made me feel a little better is this idea. And I'm not saying like I now subscribe to this idea, but it's a nice idea. Um, there was this guy named Emmanuel swedenborg and i really like learning about his experiences he lived in the 1700s and he had like a great job he was a nobleman he was really rich and he was like a genius but he quit all that just to start writing these books these huge books of basically experiences he started having in his 30s he started seeing dead people and stuff like that and then he got to talk to a lot of them about what it was like on their side where they were and basically the way that they described being all one is they were all one But basically, the people that are most like you, the people that share the same loves and feelings and the people that you you, are your people that you get along with are all basically achieving the same type of thing in heaven. And they basically are the idea is like you and that group of people, you don't have to hang out with the feet because you're the lungs. You're doing your Mm. job. This huge, you basically create this huge person that is God, and I love that idea. That's pretty
2: cool, that makes me feel
1: so much better about being attached to people, yeah.
2: And I like that concept of um, like soul groups kind of. I feel like there's a different phrase for it, but I can't remember. But like, so people you're really really close to in this time, like probably like your partner or like your mom, your sister, like if you're really really close to those people and have really strong bonds with those people as you reincarnate, there's a theory like. They will be, and it's kind mm-hmm. of weird to think like, oh, your mom might be. Your daughter. Yeah, yeah, right. like something weird like that. But people do kind of like recycle in that way. And it's it's kind of comforting to think about. It's like, yeah. I will be reincarnated, maybe. Um, but maybe my mom will be there. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: Ian will definitely be there. 603-283-6160. I would like to hear anybody else's opinions on this. Um, it's Free Talk Live, so you can talk about whatever you want. 603-283-6160. More coming up.
5: And begin to... Eleutheromania. The insatiable desire for freedom. We have been enslaved for all our... It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain kickass the next ones they will... Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com.
6: Uh,
7: for... Talk
1: Live! Welcome back to Free Talk Live! It's talk radio that you control, and we actually have a call, so I'm going to get right into that, but first... The number for anyone else to call to get in on the conversation with us is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie,
3: Lori,
2: and
1: Nikki. And I'm going to go right to your phone calls and thoughts. John in Nebraska. What's on your mind, John?
6: Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, y- y'all are talking about the afterlife and electricity, and I uh, kind of... You know, I kind of want to agree with that. I don't necessarily believe that there is an afterlife, but if there was, I would think that our consciousness is maybe built up of some sort of energy and our body has, you know, there's electricity there. So I don't know what happens to energy. I don't think – I don't know. I kind of wonder if, you know, electricity just kind of just goes to the ground. I just kind of don't know, you know, if, like, our consciousness could somehow survive. But I suppose there's plenty of of theories on that. But as far as uh, surveillance goes – um, I've been thinking a lot about this, you know, and I, there's no, there's been no better time. Like I, I got rid of my phone for like two years and I felt so good. Like there's people, you know, I didn't have to call anybody and nobody was really calling me and, you know, my job pretty much stayed the same. It was pretty easy. I didn't have to use an email or a phone or nothing for my job, but, uh, yeah. you know, I just, I really enjoyed that. And like, um, I feel like the government just wants everybody to have a phone, wants everybody to be on a social media site, wants to. Be able to monitor everybody in every way, shape, or form. But I kind of also feel like private corporations are doing the jobs for the government. You know, like I think that they're collecting all this information, you know, like when you go to yep. the doctor or, you know, you get some health care or wherever it is, you know, even go, even you go get a, like a haircut. Like you, a lot of people have to schedule an appointment online. You know, I kind of like the place where you go, know, you just walk in and just go get a haircut. Mm. But, um, Dang,
1: that's what I hadn't really just, thought about. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's It's a bunch of little stuff
2: like that. I mm -hmm. mean, you really can't do anything without an email and a phone number. And, you know, like you need to provide all of this personal information almost for anything you do. Like, I I feel like everybody's asking for your address. And it's like, why do you even need to know my address? You know what I mean? Or my phone number. It's like for everything. It feels like. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
6: that's that's the thing that kind of bugs me. Yeah. You know, you go uh, say to like a bookstore They yeah, they want your email address and your phone number. Well, you know, somebody who works there might have a problem with you, but you may have never met them, but all of a sudden they type your name into the system and they, you know, they find out everything about you.
5: Hmm.
6: Um, yeah. Or some, depending on where you work, not just a bookstore anywhere, but um, I guess, yeah, I was just, I was just kind of wondering, um, I know a little bit, a little bit of the stories with the FBI and the, the harassment and stuff uh, and the court case and all that stuff probably can't talk too much about that but i was just wondering if 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 uh, y'all ever thought that maybe you know uh you were being
2: surveilled we, or well we know that, we were being, <laughs> they yeah. they admitted oh. to that that was part of the discovery i think it's called yeah they had a yeah they camera. were surveilling our house they yeah
1: 24 hour a day for multiple months yeah camera outside of our house they had like stuff written in discovery that was like Red Subaru this uh license plate yep. from like when I first met Ian and visited
2: yep. Yeah, and um even during the Kate like while well, um the the trial was going on, we were obviously still here doing the show seven days a week at that point. Um and we would say stuff on the show and they were using recorded snippets mm-hmm. from things that Ian or Arya was saying on the show and they would like use it in court the next day. So they were like, well, we knew they were listening to the show, and then yeah, in the discovery, they were saying that they were surveilling the house.
6: Did Did you ever feel like maybe somehow they got inside the house and maybe put a recording device? Or no. I know that Sam Samsung puts like um, microphones inside their TVs and stuff. Like you know, there's appliances that have that. You think that they were ever?
1: I don't think able any to of us use a- those types of appliances. I mean, okay, we have iPhones, but they have not done anything <laughs> like try to get so- iPhone to. <laughs> give my text they just took my I'm, phone I'm gonna be
2: honest with you I am like a really paranoid person and I and I know my phone's listening to me right now I always assume I'm being surveilled so right. and, I, and I try you know I I don't let it like disrupt my life or anything but you know I sir, sure, I'm I'm kind of careful what I say you know what I mean like I kind of just like always assume that somebody is listening so I I'm I'm careful with what I like text people and what I say and, and stuff like that. But I've never really like in this house specifically, I've never really felt like there was a bug or anything yeah. like that. Or cause I thought that like right after the raid, right. Um, obviously they tore through the whole house. Um, they unplugged a bunch of equipment in here and I, and I thought about that. I was like, I'm sure they put some recording device in here or something like that. Um, but I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't really think so either. Because I mean, they would have to get a whole other kind of warrant to be yeah, able to do that. But
2: they do. But they do stuff illegally. But can do whatever to be they able want. to use it, that's the thing. Yeah, like, to be able to use it. Yeah. So it then, what's illegally. the point? Yeah. So why
1: would they do that if if they?
2: Who you know. knows? Yeah. So they okay, can
1: listen. Okay. Well, uh,
6: uh, thank you for taking my call and uh, uh, have a, have a good night. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for
1: calling. I'm glad there are people out there who, um, you know, care that much about privacy because it's just a normal human being thing to care about privacy. And the government actually wants to criminalize it. In Ian's trial, they Mm -hmm. were using it as what they they they're basically using it as evidence. They're saying, why would he? advertise that he respects your privacy unless he was a criminal and And that's the thing
2: right so if you're not willing to forego all of your personal information all the time then it's like okay well what do you have to hide
1: yeah you
3: hear people say that all the time oh well if you have nothing to hide yeah Yeah. it's like
2: okay well also like you know i'm not like ashamed of my naked body but i'm not gonna change in front of an open window (laughs) because i like my privacy
1: right you know, like, is I'm, that
2: hard for people to understand? Like, I don't... You know what I mean? Like,
1: Ian told yeah. me a really cool story that I had never heard before. He's been reading just, like, this, like... Not an encyclopedia, but this book that's called, like, The Book of Knowledge or something that someone sent him. Like, you could get lost reading it for a long time, so it's nice to have in jail. And it tells you all these, like, facts about different things. And um, this one section is all about the invention of the telegraph. And they were talking about how... The people knew that their messages were going to get read by just like the workers at the telegraph company. So they started creating um, codes and basically people would put out books like all the time with new codes um, as they were getting discovered. And people were like the telegraph company was getting annoyed because they were also um, the telegraph companies were getting annoyed because they were also basically putting in things that were, like, LOL, meaning laugh out loud, you know, things like that, so that way they didn't have to pay for longer characters. Mm. And um, it just made me think, wow, like, humans for a really long time have cared about privacy. It's not, like, just some kind of newfangled thing while there are terrorists about, and they want to make sure that the government doesn't know what they're doing. Like, people have always cared about privacy. Only their own. Yeah. They don't yeah, care right? about other people's yes. privacy. And right. you
3: see it in, in parents... That are reading their kids every text message, uh, putting these watchdog device or um, apps on their kids' phones so they can see everything they're doing, taking right. their doors off their bedrooms and stuff like that. Like That's terrible. It's awful. And so, you know, they don't care because their kids aren't people. Right. They're the only real person.
1: Right. I hate that. We yeah. talk about that a lot on the show. Like Nikki has a lot of stories about people who spank their kids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm um but we did have a story about surveillance which is probably why he brought it in because i titled the the show tonight something like um the surveillance state gets bigger but i want to go to this call unscreened caller you're on free talk live what's your name
8: hey it's ridley
1: oh i wondered if it was you could have been you could have been tom i just saw it was from new hampshire what's on your mind ridley of Ridleyreport.com.
8: Ridley in New Hampshire. Uh, okay. So um, the in-depth NH uh, is uh, a media outlet that is uh, focused some attention on a cover-up lately that I wanted to talk about. If something's covered up in the government, that's, that's a good indication we should be talking about it, right? Uh, so I guess it's state rep John Stone, a Republican of Claremont, is trying to keep his police discipline record secret. And mm-hmm. Uh, in depth in a, a reporter from In-Depth-NH in in uh, filed a right-to-know request three years ago, and uh, I guess the union leader and the New Hampshire Civil Liberties Union have now joined in to try and find out why this is supposed to be so secret. And The, the Supreme Court of New Hampshire is about to hear the case.
1: Is there any guess on what's in his record?
8: They do seem to do a little bit of... Vague, specul. It's not speculating on the in-depth NH article. It's uh, they they do go into it a little bit, but I'm I, I do not want to libel the guy. Yeah, yeah. So if I were to try and paraphrase what they're saying, I don't understand what they're saying well enough to be able to properly paraphrase it for you. I've got the article in front of me, um, and I remember the part the the part that you're looking for. Uh, so according, I'll just say the article says quote according to records obtained through the Fifth District Court District Division in Claremont Stone was subject to domestic a domestic violence protection order filed by a Claremont woman in September of 2006 the order was withdrawn two two weeks later. Um, so he the got the protection
1: was, against her, not the other way around.
8: He was sub. It says quote he was Stone. Quote, Stone was subject to a deve- domestic violence protection order. Quote. What that means is somebody was trying to keep him away. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not sure that's the part that's even being covered up though. So hmm. uh, it's, it's just, definitely you know, you know someone why in don't the government we even have to isn't should... that just supposed to be like shouldn't that I'm sorry, go
7: ahead.
1: I I agree that somebody in the government should have to disclose things like that. Not n I don't believe it about everyone. It's like we were saying um, I believe in privacy. But if you want to rule over me, then you should be able to be open and transparent, which is what the New Hampshire Constitution says all government workers should be.
8: Well, I mean, the, 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 the guy's police record should look like the Shire Forums, right? It should look like forum.shiresociety.com where everybody on the Internet can see every word, basically. <laughs> um, and That's how a police report or uh, a police record should look for a police officer because they work for they're forcing you to pay their salary. He's a police of officer. Be able he he was a police officer oh. but he was dismissed from a police department in let's say quote quote Stone was fired from the Claremont department in 2006 under circumstances that were never made public Wow!
1: in that case then i definitely want to know because most likely if you're getting actually fired from a place you're probably like beating your wife beating your girlfriend or something like that i'm not saying this guy was and i'm not saying i know that but it's probably something that i
2: mean though yeah those things are usually allowed so it might be worse
1: yeah
8: (laughs) well actually actually my theory is they only fire you for doing the right thing in the Uh, the police department
1: That actually, you know, that you might be onto something with that. But there are plenty of um, stories about people who get, it, it's not like that big of a deal. They get fired from being a police officer from one spot because they were a sexual assaulter. Yeah, and then and they, they go just, somewhere else. Yeah. They get another job somewhere else as a police officer, like in the next county. So, I don't know. Um, yeah. Is that all you had about that In-Depth NH article, Ridley?
8: That is all. It's In-Depth NH, uh, In-Depth NH.org.
1: Well, thank you so much for your call. Yeah, if somebody, you know, is listening and they think that I'm being uh, a hypocrite by saying, oh, I believe in privacy, you shouldn't know everything about me, but I want to know what this thing is this ex-cop is hiding, it's it's not a hypocrisy at all. You should be able to um, tell the public everything about yourself if you want to rule over them. And like that's just the very least. Like, I would rather you not have the ability to rule over me and um, have people voting and believing that, uh you can, you you should be allowed to rule over me and everything but if we're going to do that you should follow the new Hampshire constitution that says that all government employees must be open and transparent and um not be hiding some kind of you know probably sexual assault record or whatever it is but yep that's all I had to say about that and that's definitely a ridley topic but we w- did have a story about the UN surveillance state um that Lori brought in and that's why i titled tonight's show surveillance state getting stronger or something like that and i think that's why the other guy called in about it so what do you have about that Lori?
3: uh this article is from sociable.co it says un gates foundation 50 in 5 campaign aims to roll out digital public infrastructure in 50 countries by 2028 the 50 and 5 campaign is an agenda concocted by a coalition of unelected globalists to accelerate technocratic control through digital ID, CBDC, and massive data sharing. The United Nations, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and partners of the Rockefeller Foundation are launching their 50 and 5 campaign to accelerate digital ID, digital payments, and data sharing rollouts in 50 countries under the umbrella of digital public infrastructure by 2028. I already
1: said that, and and I think that that's a silly word that we need to talk about digital public infrastructure. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, we need roads, we need bridges to go over yeah, right. uh water bodies and stuff like that. We we need this infrastructure for people's digital identities. It's they, just,
3: they yeah. can't even get physical infrastructure, right? Right. So. With a virtual launch event to take place on November 8th, the 50 and 5 agenda bills itself as a country-led advocacy campaign. By 2028, 50 in 5 campaign will have helped 50 countries design, launch, and scale components of their digital public infrastructure, according to the official <laughs> announcement. Sold as a mechanism for financial, financial inclusion, convenience, improved healthcare, and green progress, DPI is an inclusive phrase applied to a looming technocratic governance system, powered by three foundational components, digital ID, digital payments like central bank digital currencies, and massive data sharing. Advocates are adamant that DPI is essential for participation in markets and society, just like we saw with the vaccine passports, only on a much broader scope. If successful, DPI will give governments and corporations the power to implement social credit that can determine where and how you can travel, what you're allowed to consume, and how you'll be able to transact with your programmable money Think individual carbon footprint trackers, ultra-low emission zones, and CBDC programmed to restrict less desirable purchases, all of which are being pushed by proponents of the Great Reset. The stated goal of the 50 and 5 campaign is that in five years, 50 countries will have designed, launched, and scaled at least one component of their digital public infrastructure stack in a safe, inclusive, and interoperable manner.
1: Oh my god, what does that even mean? It's inclusive. We're, inclusive. We're... Watching everyone,
3: that's
2: right. No matter what <laughs> well, you look like. They just want to make sure that we know they're not racist or whatever.
1: Yeah. yeah It just sounds like it's something good. It's just
2: like some woke speak. yeah, exactly.
3: Right. <laughs> Achieving oh. this goal involves demonstrating the potential and momentum for DPI through showing various approaches to DPI, their progress and outcomes in countries across different income levels and digital maturity statuses shortening the DPI learning and adoption journey for countries through facilitating learnings and best practice exchanges, use of open standards and specifications, adoption and sharing of technologies as digital public goods and evolution of local engineering capacity and vendor ecosystems. While the five and 50 and five campaign has not yet disclosed which countries will be participating. The website reveals that they will be both advanced and emerging digital leaders.
1: Well, I I don't know. I I just just think all the stuff that they're saying so far, covered a lot so far, is all really bad, and it's all stuff that is basically fascism, corporations working together with the government to share information about you, control your life, and Mm -hmm. um, they'll try to say, oh, it's not, like, total government control, so what's the problem? But the problem is that corporations, they basically need government permission to exist, and they're basically just unofficial little branches of the government at this point. And when you're giving them a bunch of your information and you need their permission to do certain things, it's no different to me than the government controlling your life. And uh, we already learned that that's been happening in smaller ways during COVID. um, Thanks to the guy, I don't remember his name, Matt Tabibi, who came out with the information that the White House was controlling Twitter and um, Facebook controlling what they were allowed to letting people post and stuff like that because there was well misinformation yeah,
2: right about yeah, that's where that all stemmed from
3: facebook still does that mm-hmm. i went in to look at the settings on my facebook account because i wanted to change the feed so that i actually saw the new things instead mm-hmm. of the things from a day or two ago yeah that they show and in there you can change what's suppressed for you it's all mm-hmm. set to be suppressing anything negative in their opinion <laughs> hmm. yeah, so right. um you know, sensitive yeah. pictures, sensitive topics, um, misinformation. So how do we change it? I only want to see
2: sensitive
3: things they, mm-hmm. and like misinformation. The sensi- <laughs> So I tried to change it because I'm part of a bunch of farming groups. Yeah. And I tried to change it so that the sensitive pictures wouldn't be pushed to the bottom of my feet. Right. Yeah. Because- yeah you want
2: to see it. You're like, yeah, yeah, I'm not disgusted by this. Like, yeah, it's I fine. Need, I need carrots. to know these things. I yeah, need to see exactly. These things.
3: Um, and you can't change that one. Hmm. Oh, wow, that's it's weird. It's automatically suppressed and you can't suppress so,
2: it. So face. I mean, Instagram is also part of Meta and on my like birth business page, Every single, like, the whole thing is, like, blurred out, blurred out, yeah. blurred out. Like, wow. my whole entire feed because it's all, like, videos of women giving birth. Right. Um, but that's the only things I'm, like, following. So they have to show it
3: to me. <laughs> like, that's all there is. Yeah. I'm in a group uh, called Necropsies for All. It's, um, you know, farm animal yeah. necropsies to, if something went wrong with somebody's yeah. animal. And yeah, that's the same thing. You, you go to the feed and it's just blacked out pictures with the yeah. little eyeball. Just yeah. because there
1: was, like, a sick animal and they show people making the better... No, no,
3: it's like, um, like an autopsy for an animal.
1: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, if somebody wants to see it.
3: Open them up and see what went wrong.
2: Yeah. It's like, Mm. well, you
3: know, uh, I wouldn't be following the group if I didn't want to see
1: that, you know, like I would unfollow the name of the group. Yeah.
2: And I think this is another thing too, like, especially like in the age of social media, I'm always seeing comments on different posts. Like you should have put a trigger warning, like Mm -hmm. TW, like this is triggering for me. Uh, Mm. and it's like, listen. Your triggers are not the world's responsibility, right? Um, and there was—I think it was in one of the birth groups I follow on Instagram. Um, she posted about a miscarriage, mm. and someone messaged her and was like, "I'm pregnant, and this is really triggering to me. Like, I do not want to see this." And, and she's talking um, about her
1: own miscarriage.
2: No, she was she was sharing a post from another woman, but she was trying to. Like, like she had permission, but she was trying to spread awareness essentially mm. and make other women who have experienced miscarriage, like feel seen and mm. be like, I'm not alone because it's such a taboo topic that no one talks about. Yeah. And then you're like, wow, actually, this is like super, super common. Like I felt like when I was going through that, I was completely alone. A lot of women feel that way. Um, so she she responded to the woman that was like, this needs a trigger warning. Like I'm pregnant and now like I'm triggered. And she was like, well, you know what? You posting your maternity photo shoot is really triggering for women who just had a miscarriage.
1: Yeah. So, like, and it's I not just. Either side should be able to control exactly. what anyone posts. And I
2: think that's why, like, that was her point was like, are you going to put a trigger warning on, mm-hmm. like, pictures of your baby in, yeah. like, pictures of you being pregnant? Like, no. But, but people don't think about that stuff because those are supposed to be happy things, right? Mm-hmm. But guess what? For someone who maybe had just. Lost a child, or like experienced some sort of loss, or or maybe they're infertile, whatever. That isn't, you know, that could be triggering for them. So it's like
1: right, and it's just like it's your responsibility. Is the same yeah, thing is, going in public, like you should yeah. expect to see other people talking and things you might not want to see. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. More free talk live is coming up.
4: The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs.
1: As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice.
4: We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people.
1: We want to learn from each other.
4: What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love,
1: and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual.
4: The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way.
1: Love as your guide.
4: And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com
1: That's church shiresociety.com shire Society.com. Talk Live. It's talk radio that you control. And 603-283-6160 is the number to get in on the conversation with us. 603-283-6160. And in in the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie,
2: Laurie, and
1: Nikki. And we've been talking about the surveillance state tonight, um, just growing larger and larger and more intrusive into your lives. But I wanted to go straight to the phones. We have David Hathaway in Arizona. David, what's on your mind?
9: Yeah, good evening, uh, Bonnie, Lori, and Nikki. Yeah, you a few days ago, Bonnie, had mentioned you were interested in paranormal things, and I was going to talk about a couple of those. But first, I wanted to mention out here where I live, um, Tucson is just an hour away, and they are now training Ukrainian pilots to fly uh, American F-16s at the military, the Air Force Base in Tucson. So this is obviously a prelude to, uh, for U.S. fighter planes being piloted by Ukrainian pilots to go fight Russians. So, I don't know, I just, I hear that, and I just think how crazy it is that uh, we're, we're now training Ukraine, foreign pilots to fight Russians in U.S. fighter planes. That's terrible. But anyway, that was the first. First thing
1: I was going to say. Can I ask? Sorry, is this really um, the first time that this would happen? Because I thought that the United States was already giving Ukraine um, planes. Or is this is this just new? Because this is the first time that the U.S. would be training them specifically to use them. Or is this plane a bigger and badder plane that we haven't given to Ukraine yet?
9: Well, you know, from my understanding, they've been they've beefed up the other NATO nations around Ukraine, provided mm-hmm. more aviation support. But this is um, the uh, it's a single-seat uh, fighter plane, F-16. F- it can you know can either drop bombs or you know it has machine guns on it. It is a fighter plane. But it can also be out, outfitted as a bomber, but it, it is a single seat, not like an F-14 or F-15 that are actually, you know, like a front and a back seat. Hmm. But from my understanding, this will be the first time that the U.S. is directly providing uh, fighter planes to Ukraine, but I I could be wrong about that.
1: I I could be wrong, too. I I just knew that we'd given them some kind of, well, definitely money, and I thought that we gave them, or not we, but the United States gave them um, planes, but I could be wrong about that. So, I don't know. I just wanted to know.
9: And at that Air Force Base in Tucson, they also trained— Afghani uh fighter pilots and to fly American F16 fighter planes too it's just kind of that particular base mm. specializes on F16s uh through the Arizona Air National Guard so it's kind of become a training site for foreign pilots on wars that the US has is supporting so it's a big deal in the news out here but it's mm. probably not at the national level
1: Well that's pretty creepy. I mean I wish that they would just let it let the conflict like die and go away but they're yeah. helping it continue.
9: Yeah. And the other thing I want to talk about, you mentioned an interest in the paranormal. Um, and of course I'm, I'm an elected sheriff out here and there is a jail that's part of the sheriff's office. And I've heard this from numerous, numerous officers in the sheriff's office that um we have what's called a rubber room.
7: Mm-hmm.
9: It's like a cell that has a rubber floor, rubber ceiling, rubber walls, and there's nothing else in there except a drain in the middle of the floor. And I've heard officers say that on the graveyard shift, they hear screaming from that cell and banging wow. on the walls, and they'll go check, and there's nobody in there. Yeah. So uh, I've heard that from multiple officers in uh, they swear that it's true. You know that uh, they'll think, Wow, I, I didn't know somebody was in there, and they'll go, "There's a there's a flap that you open to see who's in the room to check on them." It's like, say that there's an inmate that's banging their head against the wall yep. and trying to harm themselves. They'll put them in that rubber rubber room. But anyway, I've heard that from numerous people, and they're not joking. They say, especially like on the midnight, the graveyard shift, they'll hear the screaming and weird sounds and banging on the walls and They go check, not thinking that anybody was was in there, and then there is nobody in there, but they still hear the sound. Yeah,
2: I've worked uh, graveyard shift at, like, different hospitals, nursing homes, and different, like, healthcare facilities. And a lot of, like, other nurses and, like, other staff will have some, like, really creepy stories.
1: In hotels, too. I've I've Oh, I'm sure. I haven't had anything that was really unexplainable. Just, like, terrible feelings, like... I gotta get out. Like a this feeling room.
2: of dread or like, yeah. oh, somebody's watching me, something like that.
1: But um, so many housekeepers, that they wouldn't be there at night, but they would be in rooms alone, have had weird things like, you know, things shut, doors shut and stuff mm-hmm. like that that shouldn't have shut, you know, little things like that. Nothing crazy, but I, I feel like there's a lot of residual energy in places like that. Like, think about the terrible state of mind people have been in in this rubber room he is talking about Yeah. oh and same with nursing homes yes i mean like i've had some hospital? really
2: creepy experiences in nursing homes where i'm like and you can just feel like if you're like kind of sensitive to like energy like we were talking about earlier you can feel when something's like oh you're like a good a good you have a good feeling right and then you have bad feelings and it's like yeah that's intuition or whatever but you can tell like if you're having an experience that's out of the ordinary You can kind of tell if it's like malicious or not. You know what I mean? Like if you get this feeling of dread and some weird stuff is happening, you know, that's And then,
9: you know, like in that rubber room, you know that there has been people with very intense feelings in there before that were suicidal. And it was probably the most traumatic moment in their whole life.
7: Mm -hmm.
9: And, you know, if there's any truth to, you know, negative energy getting concentrated in a certain place, it would certainly be at a place like that where the person is just, it's the worst moment of their life. And um, and then it I don't know if the people are really hearing things or if there's just that kind of negative vibe in the area where uh, it brings to people's imagination, you mm. know, some like that feeling of, of dread or whatnot. Now, one of the other ones, there's like two more I want to tell you about. I live right next to a river that starts in Mexico and it comes into the U.S. So this is another paranormal thing I've heard my whole life that people say, that there was a woman that they call la llorona that yep. means oh yeah they're, they're crying woman and they made here, a movie they're, about they're, it yeah there's a version of that kind of uh that story in different parts of the country but down here they say her children were swept away when the river was flooding and that she goes down the river uh, they'll see her at night a figure in white looking and crying and calling for her children. And people around here, my whole life, I was born here and grew, grew up here, they say they have seen her out there crying and looking for her children. So that's, I think that's kind of maybe sort of universal in a lot of Hispanic communities, that, mm. that fable. But right here, they say that that's the, the river that I, I live next to and that she, she goes along here. And the last one I have is, it's, this was something in my family. I had a, a great uncle who, when he was a boy, he wrote a date on the wall of the barn in chalk. Mm-hmm. And then when that date came, many years in the future, his mom died on uh, that date. So just wow. little things like that. You know, you just think, uh, is there truth to any of this stuff? And then you see little things, maybe massive coincidences. People remember them, and they don't remember all the other things that that don't ever come to pass. But anyway, those, those are a few of the ones that, that I've heard about
1: that is really cool thank you so much for that call uh david i l- really have wanted people to call in about that all of october because yeah. i get in that mood where i yeah. want to hear about stuff like somebody that. somebody
2: called in um on sunday telling a story like that and i was like oh yeah bonnie was asking people to call in you should call in on wednesday
1: <laughs> i only asked like one day because i kept forgetting that i wanted yeah. to like, ask the call- callers too yeah and i
2: forget what they were even talking about but um yeah some of that stuff like what he was talking about in the rubber room like you wonder like if it's maybe like a poltergeist type entity rather than like Hitting a the ghost yeah. well I mean with like the poltergeist right it's like Uh, a piece of, like, really strong, intense energy that breaks off of a person. Like, this is the theory, right? You know, whether you believe it or not is another story. But that's the theory of a poltergeist, right? Like, it is a piece of a living human being that breaks off of them and then kind of creates its own entity, right? And that's when it kind of gets destructive. um, And, you know, according to whatever people, certain theories, they, since they are a piece of a living human being, you know, they have... Free will, so to speak, where like other entities might not. Um, So that's why they can kind of like knock things over. Like when you think of poltergeist, typically you're thinking of like you know a cup knocking over or like things things moving, um, because they can interact with their surroundings. So I wonder if it's something like that making those noises. Like just really like pent up hate and hate in in all this like energy um, and all this intensity. Um, Rather than like someone, because I'm like, well, maybe like somebody died in there and it could be a ghost. But I feel like a lot of the experiences that people have, like they're more likely not like an actual ghost, but maybe some other sort of entity. I don't know. Right. I, I, totally I think it would be like a that. feedback loop. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because like, you hear about that too, where someone like imprint. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. Like somebody like certain like mediums or people that have experiences, right? Like or. In certain areas, right, you'll have, like, this reoccurring experience where it's kind of just a ghost, like, or whatever, an entity. It's replaying. And it's, yeah, it's, it's constantly replaying. It's just, like, on a loop.
1: Yeah. Uh, it could be all of those things at once. And I, to- I totally believe that a place, like, where he's describing would be the place that something like oh, yeah. that would happen. I don't know, like, the history of La... I'm just going to say La Llorona because I don't exactly La know what i Yes. Right. Um, so I-, I don't know exactly the history, like what places have what um, mystery or or myth about her. But my ex, who is from southern Mexico, so pretty far away from where David lives in Arizona, I'm not going to tell his whole story because it's not really my story to tell. And it's really scary. Probably the scariest ghost story of any that I've ever been told by a person that I know. But when he was a kid, he had this really scary ghost thing happen to him and his brother at the same time. And while it was happening, um, he heard this loud scream in his ear, but it wasn't, like, in the room. And his brother, right next to him in bed, wasn't hearing it. And later, when he was telling his grandma about it, she was like, oh, that's La Llorona. Oh, my gosh. it's good if it's loud, because that means she's far away. If it's quiet, it actually means she's close. Ah! Yeah, so it's just really loud. But she also used that same word. That's what he he called it when he told me that story, so... That's just kind of interesting that a whole bunch of oh I don't like same, that oh that creepy. I don't know why that
2: freaked me out so much I can
1: tell you the whole thing I off, think
2: whispering Kara. whispering is scary you know yeah. what I mean so like if you're like already freaked out and then like something if if you hear a loud noise that can be scary but if something's like creepily
3: whispering mm-hmm. like where are my children yeah. or something like it's like, like whispering oh and God. whistling those yeah. are the two last yeah. yeah. limits two. don't do it if yeah. it's dark and you do either of those we can never talk again. <laughs>
1: You guys yeah, really watch Sam and Colby? They have captured so many creepy things like that, like whispers and whistles. And that is one of the creepier ones when you hear that on the camera and everybody in the frame is like, "What was that?" And it's a whistle. Like that's so creepy. Why would a ghost even yeah. think to do that? Or like children, like
2: dead children, are always like really creepy too. I don't know. It's just, I, I it's too, like yeah. the innocence. It's, it's like I know. I feel like you're a demon, like right. hiding in something pretending. innocent. Yes, right.
1: pretending. I don't like that at all. <laughs> Um, and my sister also had a thing happen. And again, it's like, it's like not my story, but I don't think she'd be mad that I was uh, telling it where something was like running around her bed and she woke up because she was like half asleep and that happened. And she's like, OK, that was creepy. I'm going to go back to sleep. And when she got in that in between awake and asleep mm-hmm. uh, state again, she had it scream in her ear. No, like, scream right in her face, and it woke her up, as she didn't no. sleep the rest. Of the night. See, There's, I've
2: never really had like experiences like that in my home. Hmm, yeah. I, it's only ever been like I had weird experiences in that nursing home, and then in the hospitals. Like it's always like places where it's like, well, yeah, I mean, like people, people are dying spraying. here, and hmm. it's like, yeah,
3: the worst moments of their entire life are happening here. There's actually um, a phenomenon um, where you hear a noise like that. While you're falling asleep, it's hmm. kind of like you know when you're falling yeah, asleep and you I've have of that this. like falling thing, yeah, yeah or so that you have like all a boom. All the time. It's like yeah. a misfire in your brain when it's between asleep and awake. Hmm. So that might be what happened. And hopefully, it, both it of
1: could those. be, <laughs> but it could also be that you're in like a trance type air, uh, state where you're more sensitive like, to, things, yeah, like closer
3: right? to the veil or whatever. I had something happen to me, but hmm. I was wide awake. Hmm. So you the, tell t- it? yeah, sure. Well, uh, the town I grew up in. Is old town in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and when I was little, I liked somebody to stay in my bed with me, so I was at my aunt's house, and she was in bed next to me, and my sister was across the room in her bed, and we were watching something on TV. It was late at night, and I heard some a man from downstairs call my name, Oh my and gosh. my aunt heard it too. No. My sister was asleep, so she didn't hear anything, yeah. but they said, Lori, and I was like, oh, Uncle Tom is home, because my uncle would go away like, all over the, the world for his work. And she's like, no, he's not. And I was like, Uncle Tom's home. And I got up and I ran downstairs. And she's and like, was no, come back. there was nobody there. Oh, There was gosh. nothing in the house. Nobody there. So that one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I actually lied. There was things that used to happen to me at my, like, childhood house. But I, it was weird. Like, it's the type of thing where it's like, is this really happening? Am I imagining it? But and I would when you're always.
1: Were you a kid? Were you a kid? Yes. Uh, the weird
2: things would happen to me. Like I used to see fairies right. when I was falling asleep because I would sleep in my parents' bed a lot when I was like five years old or whatever. I'd always go in there and it'd be like two, three o'clock in the morning and I would see like fairies fairies floating around and to me i'm just like oh i'm a little kid like it's my like, imagination
1: or or you think it's normal because what else what how are you supposed to know it's not normal like when i was a kid yeah exactly i would see jewels when i was falling asleep to, to the point where i'd be like i'm bored falling asleep oh i'm gonna do that thing where i see jewels and I, I could make it happen and they would like move slowly and i could watch them. yeah right so it's like you're but i didn't think it was that weird because no yeah it's like you're, I not your
2: imagination right. but like kind of right like your. um i just thought it was like an easter like,
1: fun thing you can do in this human Life. it's like your power <laughs> of
2: visualization right mm, and it's easier yeah. to do things like that when you're a kid
1: that could totally be it um
2: but yeah with that like when i would think about it when i was an adult or like older like after it was happening to me i was like oh yeah whatever like just because i had imaginary friends too but like my hmm. imaginary friends i never saw them right yeah. um so that i'm like i don't know was there fairies who knows maybe i was sleepy maybe i was dreaming um and then the other thing. In that same room, like in my parents' room a lot, which is weird because it was a new addition to the house. Hmm. So nothing happened in that room. You know what I mean? And the whole house itself was built in the 90s. So it was a rather new house. Um, but I would hear like my name being whispered. But again, hmm. that was the thing where you just kind of like, oh, whatever. I'm just, oh, I, I just imagined it or something. You know what I mean? Like you write stuff like that off, but that was happening. Like I would hear, you know, somebody calling my name or whispering my name. That's uh, up until um, up until I was like a teenager living there. You know what I mean? And and it wasn't like loud, like whispering, like it was kind of in my head almost. I, it's so weird to explain. So it was very easy for me. You know, like if you hear somebody say something, you're like, no, I know that was real. Right. Mm-hmm. But this was kind of like, oh, maybe it was just my brain misfiring or something. Like it was very easy for me to write it off. But again, who knows? Maybe someone was whispering my name. I don't know.
1: <laughs> right. Like, I, I'm not saying, like, oh, it can't be that their their brain was misfiring or whatever. But I also think that that could be, like, just your brain's um, in more of an ability to connect with things that we just don't use every single day anymore. Like, yeah. we have, you know, like, pineal uh, gland in your brain that mm-hmm. we don't use anymore. Like, I think it used to be able to actually sense things that we can't sense anymore. And a lot of people have the same theory about the right temporal lobe. That it has, it's basically what um, is credited with, like, the your ability to have memory is your right temporal yeah. lobe, and um, it, it also has all these things that it doesn't use anymore. I guess like we oh we just don't use that part of our brain anymore, or or never did quote unquote. Um, and I don't know if I believe that. I, I think it's probably senses that we just don't use anymore. Like there are African um, people that have this theory that they're. Ancestors used to be able to see all kinds of things that they couldn't see anymore as time went by. And they even said, don't take the vaccines the Europeans are bringing to us because it makes you blind from the spirits. Like you won't be able to see spirits
2: and stuff. Oh, I'm
1: sure. I, I just think that like, I don't know. It's possible that our brains used to be able to sense more things, like in the spiritual realm, than, than well. We when just you can't think about it, like
2: think about how it was like five hundred or more years ago, before we had all this technology and stuff like that, and before we were so. Focused on working and making money, and you know all of these tasks. And are you bored? Go watch TV. or you bored? Mm-hmm. Go read a book. Before all of that, what were people doing? I mean, like yeah, like it was making a meal and hunting and gardening. Like all of those things took the majority of our time. But those people were so much more connected to nature, to their surroundings, uh, and maybe to other things as well that we don't know about. Um, to other entities, to spirits, to to whatever you want to call it. Um, Because they weren't so distracted by Mm -hmm. everything. We Like nowadays, like you're bored, like you literally go watch a movie or yeah. Like you go, there's always something to do and people don't allow themselves to be bored anymore. Right? Like Mm -hmm. maybe being bored is a good thing because if you have absolutely nothing to do, you can just sit there and you can connect to whatever is there to connect to. Or maybe, you know, like, um, you know how people talk about like downloads or your intuition or connecting to source, connecting to spirit, connecting to God. I think when you're in those places of stillness, nowadays we call it meditation, right? Hmm. But I'm sure people, you know, before, you know, like thousands of years ago, this was their existence, right? Like this was all, you know, they did this quite a lot where you're just sitting there doing nothing, waiting
1: for a deer um, to walk. By yeah. Or, or just
2: like looking off into the horizon, like whatever Buffalo. you're doing, you didn't have anything to do. So you would just relax, rest, um, but now we have a name for it. Right now we call it meditation, but that used to just be something that people did or mindfulness. Um, yeah, Self-care. Like right. Mm-hmm. Like that's when you would receive like ideas. Right. Oh, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Like that is when people received that sort of information. Um, and and we definitely I, people don't even have time to do that nowadays. So right. your
3: brain can only pay attention to so many things at once. Yeah. That's why sometimes you'll see something out of the corner of your eye because your brain's filling in that information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, So if you think about that, too, we constantly have lights and Mm -hmm. objects and TVs, monitors and sounds and just constant input. And so even if there was something subtle, maybe you just can't yeah pay attention to it anymore right yeah. because there's so much input that your brain's like i can't with that yeah and that maybe
2: that's another reason like we always talk about babies and young children being closer to the veil and that's why maybe you know young children have more paranormal experiences hmm. Um, And and same with animals. Right. But maybe that's because they don't have as much input. So you just leave the baby, you know, in the crib or whatever. And they're just like staring, like looking around. And
1: they haven't been taught. They haven't learned. Exactly. They don't know that it's not real yet. Right. Or normal.
2: Yeah, exactly. So like maybe that's another reason why young children have those experiences is because, you know, unless you have some people like I'm sure Have all the fancy baby toys and, oh, we're going to put the tablet on for the two-year-old to go to sleep. Like, things that are totally (laughs) unnecessary. But for normal people who don't do that to their children and just have their children existing, uh, looking around at things, I'm sure they are so much more open to receiving stuff like that because they don't have all of the constant input that adults do.
1: Hmm. Yep, I definitely uh see that to be a possibility. I I haven't had any of those where I just see something in the corner of my eye or even really any um like ghost thing appearing in my house at all, but my mom and my grandma and my brother all have a lot not, not just in the corner of their eyes, like that has definitely happened, but my mom has seen with her eyes open wide awake like really creepy things. Like I I keep feeling bad like like I said not my story to tell, but since she told me it I'm just going to say she she said before the one that scared me more than anything else. I, I don't know why she told me that she saw this as a kid, but I guess she just wanted to tell someone. But she saw this woman standing in her doorway that looked like she had been underwater for like a really long time and was dead and decaying. Just staring at her when she, my dad woke up to go take a shower to get ready for work. it uh, woke her up and she like felt like she's being watched and she looked out. That's horrifying. That's terrifying. And that's the thing, too. Like,
2: I don't want to see
1: any of right. this stuff. Like, exactly. I don't want
2: these experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm already kind of, like... It's easy for me to get kind of spooked and scared. Like, if I'm watching something creepy on my phone, and especially if it's nighttime, I'll oh, forget about it. Then I will be, like, creeped out. I, somebody even told me a story at work about, like, oh, yeah, there's a ghost here, and at first I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm not really afraid of that, or I, and I believe you, whatever. Um, but for, like, weeks after, I would, like... It 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 did like have like a residual creepy effect for me where like I would you know see a reflection on a window or something and get scared or spooked or you know so I I don't really want to wake up and see somebody in my door like I don't right. want to see any of that I don't I don't want to see it.
1: And it's like, there are people that that's just totally normal for them. They've been seeing creepy how do you, things. Like, how do you survive? Like How do you move
2: on? How do you see something? Like, even just the story you just said. Right. How do you see something okay. like that and then, like... Move on, yeah. How do you move on from that? Like, Seriously. I don't know. Like, it, like, mediums who, like, experience this stuff all the time, or, like, how you're talking about Sam and Colby, mm-hmm. how they go out and they're, like, searching for these experiences and they're going to haunted houses, how do you, like, literally, how do you move on after that? Like, I... I guess you have to right because what else are you gonna do but like that is super creepy and
1: i think part of not wanting it is one reason a huge reason why like i personally don't see things like that i just don't want to but um (laughs) i would love to hear more paranormal experiences from callers but whatever you want to talk about is fine 603-283-6160 it's free talk live Six zero. It's Free Talk Live, and with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie, Lori, and Nikki. And I want to go right into your phone calls and thoughts. We have Ross. Um, Ross, I didn't call, or ask you where you're calling from tonight.
10: Yeah, hi, my name's Ross. I'm calling from Lancaster, Pennsylvania.
1: Okay, and what did you have on your mind tonight to share with us, Ross? Well,
10: first and foremost, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. I love you guys. I listen nightly. Um, In terms of what you're talking about, in terms of supernatural experiences, working in like long-term care facilities and or hospitals,
7: hmm.
10: I can weigh in on this, uh, especially in the spirit of what was now past Halloween. But um, yeah, I work in one of the uh, oldest, the site of the old, second oldest hospital in the United States. Wow. Um,
2: That's actually really yeah. cool.
10: Yeah, uh, the original building still exists, and it was the Alms House of Lancaster County, and it was built in 1799.
2: Oh, I want to look so, that up. What is it? How, yeah, what, how do you spell the Alms House?
10: Yeah, Alms, A-L-M-S. Hmm. It was the, uh, the poor house, okay. basically, for the entire county. And rumor has it, it was first and foremost built upon like a native burial ground, which is kind of creepy in and of itself. But then... Over the years, it became also a potter's field, like nameless people the the crazies and whatnot would be entered into there. And when they died, they would just kind of like put them in uh, unmarked graves. Yeah. So what happened was in 1968, they decided to modernize the facility and they built a much larger building, which is like eight stories high. Wow. Um, Adjacent to the existing structure, which still stands and it's in beautiful shape. Uh, So, recent events. They started doing some renovations on the eighth floor, which would be the apex of the building.
1: That's huge. And eight floors. I'm a
10: nurse. I've been a nurse for 16 years. And there are some creepy energies, like, you know, vibing around the place. The county morgue is in the basement, what Mm -hmm. used to be the county morgue. So, like, the coroner's office used to be down there as well. So this place is, like, full of weird energy. Yeah. So what they're reporting on the eighth floor of this building, some of my fellow nurses have come down from night shift and questioned other night shift nurses, and they're like, "Uh, yeah, you got stories? So there's this male entity that's been, like, creeping around the eighth floor since the renovation started. And we have alert and oriented residents reporting seeing this guy
7: Mm -hmm.
10: always at night, always in the dark room. And the one guy was just like leaning over to put his prosthesis on to get himself to the bathroom. Hmm. All of a sudden, this male figure appears out of nowhere, kind of shadowy. And it's just like bad idea. Literally put his hands on the patient's shoulder and kind of pushed him back into bed and said, ring for help.
2: What? He touched him? Because normally yeah, you don't the, hear the about, guy, like, guy, entities touching
10: He people. said there was actual physical contact. Wow. He was wow. like, okay, so this gets creepier.
2: Oh, that's then dark. there was
10: this woman. Yeah, it's pretty wild. There was this woman who just woke up, and she's in a... These are four bedrooms, and her room was pretty much vacant except for her.
7: Mm-hmm.
10: She woke up in the middle of the night, and there was just a dude sitting there on one of the adjacent beds, like, cross-legged, just sitting there, and he goes this used to be a male occupancy only room. When did they change it to female? And she just kind of went back to sleep. Like, and then there was another guy who was helping himself to the bathroom and uh, the same figure came in and kind of helped him out and then turned on his call light so another staff member could come in.
2: Wait, wait, wait. So So I just want to make sure I I understand what you said. You said that the entity helped him to the bathroom?
10: It, uh, the the shadowy figure observes him, kind of like um,
2: walked
1: with him. Okay, so like, sure but kind of involved. like
2: kind of like a nurse would, right? Like oh, I'm walking with you, exactly. like helping you to the bathroom.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. weird. Maybe he used to be a nurse so, there.
10: Yeah, this is Maybe. the fun thing. Oh, because the creepy part of it, it this has been going on for weeks. The, these stories keep happening, and the one uh, night shift nurse had all these interesting complaints from these three residents that were working up there, all of whom are alert and oriented. And they all described the same uh, experience. Mm-hmm. And um, they they asked her, like, "Who who is the guy, like, on staff that night? And she looked at the staffing roster. There were no male staff on mm-hmm. duty
1: that night. Wow. I bet he used to Kinda be. Kind of wild. Nice. Yeah, that's really weird.
2: I mean, it could be anything, right? But you usually don't hear about entities like, making physical contact with Usually people. not Like, bad. Why like it, they scratch people.
1: That was they
10: the did. wild thing.
2: Yeah. And he yeah. It's just
10: like, they all described these similar things. Like it was a guy and he was like, probably neither young nor old. It's it just interesting.
7: Yeah.
10: So, yeah. I mean, I think on some level, like energy just lingers in these buildings, yeah. especially in one that's that old, because like, mm-hmm. Over, if you consider that the site built on what it was since 1799, and I've been there for 16 years, I've seen hundreds of people die. So they've got to haunt the walls. It's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah. That is really crazy. Thank you so much for I had to call.
10: Yeah. I I just had to call. I love you guys. Um, I listen nightly, like I said.
2: Thank you so oh. much. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you I so really much. I'm so glad that. you called. And um, that was a really yeah. interesting story, too. And it makes me, it just reminds me of similar experiences I had in the hospital that I worked at. Actually, I don't want to say that I had um, stories that I heard from other staff members right. of also of the, the highest, we only had four floors, but hmm. of the fourth floor. So there was just like a lot of like weird similarities where we would have completely young alert and oriented patients so it's not like this is like a dementia patient or somebody that's on a ton of pain meds and they're confused this would just be like a normal like 25 year old kid or 30 year old person that's completely alert and oriented that would you know have all of these strange experiences or they'd be really creeped out we've had things like fly like um the syringes of just like um like Normal saline, oh. like sterile fluid. We've had syringes like fly across um, the room, and it was in these two particular rooms, like way in the back. um The call lights would go off. I know they. It was a vacant unit because we didn't have enough staff to staff it, and I was a, a CNA at the time. So the nurses sent me up to the fourth floor to get like telemeters and like, um, like like just just whatever like stuff for the patients. So essentially, like I went up with my little cart and I was going to fill up, like jack all the supplies from up there. Um, In the second I got off the elevator, I just had a creepy feeling and it was like something was telling me to like turn around and go back to where you belong. But I'm like, I can't come back empty handed. So like I got to go, you know, get my supplies. So I go all the way down to get my supplies Um, and it was just real creepy. But other nurses had told me experiences that they had where bed alarms would go off Um, chair alarms to go off like all sorts of stuff and if you don't know how those work you need to apply pressure to it and then lift up and Mm -hmm. that's how the alarms work either that or maybe some sort of like uh, electrical malfunction um but that's really weird for like all of them to have an electrical malfunction um but yeah nurses have told me before like on the night shift where like Alarms would be going off and it was almost like something was saying like, get out of here. You're not welcome here. This is my area. Leave. And it would just be like really scary. It's so, crazy. so after that, I was like, I'm never doing this ever again. Like somebody else can go up there. Mm-hmm. I am. And, and nothing weird even happened to me. Nothing flew like it wasn't. It was just like this overwhelmingly negative, scary Sensation of like I'm not welcome here, and like
1: it's weird because like people um used to describe that, and I wouldn't really know what they meant by like oh you know that feeling of being watched or yeah like feeling of dread yeah and dread. But it happened to my sister and I when we were walking through the woods before we suddenly got this feeling that like we were not welcome. It was a bad idea to be there and. I was like, I think we should run. I don't even remember the exact conversation, but I was like, I think we should run. And we had my dogs with us, or my dog that I have now, and her dog that she had then. And I went to run, and I fell, and both of Stop. my, both of my shoes were untied. And I, I we were like shocked because we had been hiking, like I'd been looking at my feet, moving around, and like not of not a like oh this is a trail you walk the trail like we we're off a trail just in this mountain that was by where I lived in Utah and um so like I felt both my shoes were and I'm like shocked for a second and my sister's laughing at me and then I, all I could do was point at her I couldn't say anything because I had like kind of had the air knocked out of me both of her shoes were untied too. What? And we that we just is got weird. The heck out of there as fast and it's like what?
2: Yeah, what's the odds of both of your right. shoes being untied? And then what's the odds of
1: also both of her shoes being untied? Right. Like that's and crazy. It's like we had to that's have been weird. looking at our shoes throughout this whole time. Um, but yeah, the story that Ross called in and told. It's interesting because there was renovations going on, which I've heard of those waking up ghosts in old buildings. And it's like yeah, right before, like almost like maybe Halloween. they're
2: stored. Hmm. in the walls yeah, or something like, he said, like in the, the walls. energy is stored like in the physical building right. because now that I think about it. So the, the fourth floor was closed just cause we didn't have staff. Hmm. Um, but there were also renovations, other areas of the building. So I don't know if it's just, there's so much stuff you don't know. And, and it was right
1: before Halloween. Like he said, it's been the last few weeks and
2: yeah, that's not. So
1: it's like the veil getting thin mm-hmm. on that day is what people say. Um, well let's move on to, Another caller. We have an unscreened caller. What's on your mind? Are you there?
5: Uh, Yeah, it's Tom. I'm just bringing up another issue here. There's an imaginary right that kind of applies that the government uh, respects for some people. You know, supposedly everyone is equal under the law. But uh, it seems that if you can afford a house on a quiet side street, then you have a right to... Uh, peace and quiet during certain hours of the day. Uh, There are streets here in Hudson where it's trucks are prohibited 7 p.m. to 6 a.m., no trucks allowed because oh, the people living on that street, they're entitled to some peace and quiet if they're day shift workers trying to sleep at night. But of course, night shift workers trying to sleep in the daytime, they're not entitled to that. And if if you have a house on a quiet side street, you can get a lot more money for it because it's on a quiet side street than, rather than if it was on a busy, noisy street. But it's not only ex- expected that you're going to have less noise, but the government will uh, deploy gun-toting goons in bulletproof vests to prevent somebody from opening a factory at the dead end of that dead end street because, oh my gosh, people would be uh, driving up and down a public street. Like there's something terrible, you never catch the neighbors doing that, now would you? But uh, they protect this right to peace and quiet for rich people, but then people who can't afford a a house on a quiet side street, uh, then it's okay to, uh, shall we say, attack them with a lot of noise.
1: Um, One thing about it, um, I I don't really know any of the laws he's talking about or anything like that. It's an interesting idea that the government is kind of, um um synthetically I, I, that's not the word I'm looking for but um unnaturally unor- inorganically creating houses that would be worth more and worth less based on the uh, situations they're setting up with their laws for these public roads it, it is kind of weird it's not doesn't seem like a very good thing but um one thing it makes me think of is I feel like it's my responsibility for me to be able to make it to where I can sleep in my house because, like if my neighbors are like have to wake up at a different hour than me and I happen to live in a duplex, I, I really do. Um, So I, I live in a duplex if my neighbors are up at a different time than me and I'm sleeping later into the afternoon or something like that because I always work late. I don't feel like I should be able to make them be quiet. What I do is I listen to a fan noise and nothing can wake me up nothing can wake me up when I have the fan noise just playing on my phone from YouTube right next to my head I mean it's free and it blocks all noise like I I don't know what kind of noise would have be it would have to be like a air helicopter like floating above my house or something to actually wake me up from this fan noise so
3: there are lots of laws though that are um not really laws for people if they have enough money
1: right yeah, yeah. anything yeah, punishable exactly. by a
3: fine yeah, yeah. yeah. Is legal for a certain amount.
1: Right. That's so true. Well, um, I don't really know what he's talking about, and he kind of rambles. So, David in New Mexico, what's on your mind, David?
0: La Llorona.
1: Oh, my God. Did you call
0: for La Llorona, Cabron?
1: <laughs> I didn't call for one. It's terrifying.
0: Oh, okay. Well, oh, well. Do <laughs> you,
1: you have you're, any you're scary wrong. stories? David?
0: Yeah I, got, I, yeah, I got a real life scary story. I got. Well, actually, I got a lot of them. But yeah, well, first of all, you're talking about the about the old oh, alms for the poor, alms for the poor. I think that's a line out of uh, some movie, probably Monty Python. Hmm. Um, but that we used to two things. One, um, uh, let's see, the, you're talking about the hospital, and I worked at the University of Minnesota Teaching Hospital for a couple of years, and I was trying to decide if I want to go to medical school, and I
5: decided, hell
0: no, and uh, I ended up with a girlfriend who was also a uh, working at the hospital, and she showed me the the old the old. There, there was like they, they kept building this thing. It you know it was like 18 1860 1880 1930 19. They kept adding on, adding on, adding on. So we she showed me the old operating room that was last used in like 1950s, and all and it was it was intact. It was and it had a, it had the, the operating room theater above it. With all the seating above it, and the yeah, the old stainless steel operating table, wow. all the tools, creepy. all that's, that's all, actually really creepy. cool.
1: Yeah, it's creepy.
0: It was creepy, yeah, it was, and it was intact. And so uh, she showed that to me. And then one day at work, we we both worked at the same time. She got horny. Oh and, my god! Can,
2: and you, can you know the rest? Him on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did. So yeah,
0: I, I, you can say that word. Yeah, I didn't okay. tell you anything else. I just said. And so you can, your, your, your kinky little imaginations can figure out the rest of it. All right. So, so, in, story.
1: Maybe so as in, in the in, operating room. I don't want to think room. about it with you. Think,
0: but... think, think about, think about how many people died on that table, <laughs> died in that room. Oh my God. Thank you for the
1: so call. Here... David. Well, did you have more? Huh? Sorry. Did you have more? Yeah. yeah. I want to, yeah, I want to hear the rest of the story. There's more to I that get, story. Got,
0: well, there's more to that story, but I'm telling you the rest. That's private. You kinky little devil. Right. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so I thought there was going to be
2: like a punchline or something, like you know, whatever. Something scary happened in the room or Someone something. Grab my foot. <laughs> yeah. well,
0: I think, I think, I think, uh, getting busy uh, on an operating table in an operating theater w- with all of the the uh, adornments from nineteen fifties. Yeah, I guess that's uh, enough. Right?
1: I, I don't think that counts as yeah. a paranormal experience. But...
0: Yeah, that was. It was. It was. It was uh, divine. Yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> okay. it was heavenly. <laughs> all
1: right. <laughs> Well, thank you for the call, David. I'm I'm pretty sure that was the rest Bonnie's of this.
2: had enough of that. Um, <laughs> She's like,
1: I even, you're done. I don't like that word. Like seriously, as my least favorite. word. Really, it's, like, it's a gross word. There needs to be a new one. I don't like it. Yes, Captain is, is asking me if that's the word I mean, and it what about, is. What about moist? Ew, no. It's terrible. Randy. Randy. Yeah, oh Randy. My God.
2: That, that's know, much
1: better, yeah. I know a woman named Randy, and like that's a terrible <laughs> thing to name your daughter. It's like Randy with an I, so it's a girl name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. It's like what country people do. It's like, um, what country people do? She was, she was from Tennessee, and her name was Randy. Yeah. I was actually thinking about her today because she used to be my boss. I, I don't know why, why I would tell the radio all this whole story, but she used to be my boss when I cleaned houses, and I was thinking about her today and what a bad person she is. So I don't even really feel <laughs> bad for making fun of her name on the radio. But um, I think that that's all that we have about the David story. But I don't know. Did you, were you going to tell another story, but did you want to say it on the air? Or if not, I think we could move on, oh, from, we the, just move on. from the paranormal conversations. It's, it's been really fun. I'm glad that people called in with their experiences, especially Ross, especially since it's your first call. And you've been a long time listener. That's really yeah, that's awesome. I love cool.
2: like first call, long time listeners.
1: Right, me too. It's always like wow, it's so crazy to think who's like out there listening to us. Yeah, when it's sometimes I sort of forget
2: of that people listen to this show. Seriously, I just feel like we're just like hanging out. Exactly. And then... <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I feel the exact same. <laughs> are we <way>. not? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. We all like are, wait. People just are listening, listening to us, <laughs> but people are also listening to us. <laughs> just hang out. Oh, and um, we had lost her, but Sarah in New Mexico, you're back, uh, Sarah. What's on your mind?
11: hello am i on yep you are oh okay oh i I didn't know i got on so fast Uh, i just want to say that um you know they finally put the city councilors, all that's running like um, on the tv and then we only have like four days of voting left it's the most stupidest thing that they have done
1: i thought you can't vote for them right
11: no i i no i cannot yeah, you want the uh, odd
1: numbers or even numbers or whatever right. it was.
11: But I've seen three candidates, It's kind of interesting. I've seen three candidates to district two last night, and I found and I saw two of them to the district eight. And um, this is the first time that that they put the city councilors on the TV news ever.
1: Maybe more people have uh, and the internet like to find these things out now.
11: Well that's what, but they're actually on the television news that you're supposed to you're supposed to do your own research they, they tell you to go to this website but I guess people wanted them they, they wanted them to see on TV you know what I mean Mm-hmm. So they finally got they finally got put them on. We only have like four days left to vote or something. So do you have
1: so a theory? Like, is this like a conspiracy? Like, are they trying to keep people from knowing the city council candidates?
11: Well, I'm just, I'm just happy that they have any kind of city councilors on at all. I've lived here for 23 years. They've never had city councilors uh, talk about their what they want to do on TV at all. So I'm just really happy that like they started to do that because they always like, oh, it's only four seats for uh, politicians. You go look it up yourself on the internet. You go find <laughs> out who they are, you know. But I just think that I think me. I mean, I was standing in a. I think my um, running around like a crazy person with the. 243 boat sign has helped help to fuel this you know a lot of people are interested
1: Hmm. well i'm glad you're excited uh sarah and it seems like there's lots of things that happen that sarah believes were because of her like all all this (laughs) time it was all because she was carrying this sign or whatever it is but maybe she's right i mean i would look stupid if she's right and it (laughs) like af- and in our afterlife God comes and reveals to me that Sarah Sarah in
2: New Mexico was right about everything
1: right about everything <laughs> so who am I to say but um yeah I don't have much to say about that topic that she brought in um she has um <laughs> she has her city council I honestly like news. can't okay. even
2: express how much I don't care I don't
1: about know that I, I hate to say it but I'm happy that Sarah's happy yeah um that she's I'm happy about. for her I guess um did, did we basically get through everything that you had to say about the story that basically we were talking about about an hour ago at this point that was about the surveillance state that the UN wants to have 50 sta- uh, countries in five years in on their little scheme to surveil people?
3: Uh, there's some other things like they want, they say it's imperative to have everyone have a digital ID.
1: Okay. We'll talk about what coming up. Um, I'm not a fan of that either. I mean not want the real ID. Would you sign up for the digital infrastructure and ID systems? It's Free Talk Live and more is coming up. that you control, 603-283-6160 is the phone number to get in on this last segment with us. We've been having a really fun conversation here tonight about all kinds of different things like the governments and laws and, um, you know, war crimes and, um... Surveillance state, and then even people's personal paranormal experiences, which was really fun for me. Um, I kind of wanted people to do that all October, but yeah, I don't care if it's late. Like I'm, I'm always in a mood to talk about that kind of stuff. Like it's interesting to me, um, but it's even more for some reason just amplified and more fun during Halloween season or like October. Um, but yeah, we're, we've been talking also about something that's equally as spooky. The U.N. wanting to get 50 countries in five years to join their surveillance state um, ramp up, basically. And so one thing that Lori was telling us before the break was that they want people to get in on this digital um, ID thing. But before we get into that, I would like to thank Brian, who's a um, Silver Level Amplifier And if you don't know what an amplifier is, that's someone who helps amplify, market, and promote and support um, the show. So if you would like to learn more about that, it's AMPS, Amplify, Market, uh, Promote, and Support. Amps.freetalklive.com is where you can go to find out more. That's amps.freetalklive.com. And thank you so much to Brian, um, who's a silver-level amplifier. That means that he gives $5 a month and you get some different perks um, for becoming an amplifier and you can learn th- more about that at amps.freetalklive.com. But with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie.
3: Lori. And
1: Nikki. And Lori was telling us more about this digital ID idea.
3: Uh, again, this is sociable.co. So they go on to say the 50 and 5 campaign is a collaboration between the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation the United Nations Development Program, the Digital Public Goods Alliance, and CodeDevelop. CodeDevelop was founded by the Rockefeller Foundation, Hmm. the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Nalkani Philanthropies, and the Omidar Network.
1: Hmm. I only know the first two.
3: Me too. Um, The Digital Public Goods Alliance lists both the Gates and Rockefeller Foundations in its roadmap showcasing activities that advance digital public goods, along with other organizations and several governments. People-centered smart cities need accessible, secure, and fair digital public infrastructure that powers digital services and ensures everyone has equal opportunity to fully participate in civic life.
1: That is, sorry, that, that is bad woke language when they're just trying to make you feel like, We're on the side of people. It's people-centered. Like It's it's gotten to a point where they have to try to convince us that they like people. (laughs) They're definitely Blizzard people.
3: Um, That's from the United Nations Building and Securing Digital Public Infrastructure Playbook from June 2022. Uh, The United Nations Playbook on Digital Public Infrastructure says that digital ID is foundational to DPI, stating broadly there are three major types of protocols – that facilitate digital public infrastructure, digital identity, digital payments, and data exchange. These three protocols are typically required for most digital service transactions, such as permitting, issuing licenses, or providing records that often require validating a user's identity, enabling exchange of data across agencies and users, and finally authorizing payments online. By prioritizing these three protocols, the UN says that local governments can set the stage for successful development Of an entire ecosystem of digital services in alignment with their community's unique needs.
1: The main thing that this makes me think is you shouldn't ever let them tell you what you need. Like, I don't go around needing digital payments that are tracked by the government. Like, I was um, trading silver with a friend recently, I um, was paid in silver for something, is what I mean. I, I don't need the government to know about that. I, I mean, I guess I just told them because the FBI listens to the show. But it, it wasn't <laughs> but necessary. But right, like it doesn't
2: need to be reported, right? right? You know what I mean?
1: And and it's not like it needed to be digital. It's I don't think that most people would agree that we, quote-unquote, need to get rid of cash. Like, oh, well, there's credit cards now. Yeah, there are credit cards, but don't you like being able to just give the boy in the neighborhood some cash to mow your lawn instead of having to report it and then he has to get taxed and just the government knowing at all about it right
3: or even knowing what i'm buying what if i'm Mm -hmm. buying something embarrassing at the store and i don't want anyone to know why do i want that on my records yeah i've never needed to verify my identity online for anything i don't need a digital id
1: yep and it's like when you don't grow up with people who really think much about this uh the surveillance state getting worse and worse I didn't grow up with my parents being like Chris Wade who is a former host on the show um and a friend of ours he's all about privacy he sells VPNs for a living and um he I kind of asked him one time early on in the show when I was first doing the show and I was on an episode with him and Captain I asked him why is it that you don't want the government to know like why wouldn't you want them to know your like what you're buying like just just what i didn't grow up thinking like this so i asked such a simple question like that and he said well for example the government can use um like if there was a murder in the like neighborhood you're in they can like pull up home depot receipts and find people that have bought hammers that day and literally will arrest people without due process for things like Buying something similar to what somebody might have been killed with, like in the s- uh, surrounding area of what they're yeah. in in that day. I well, was like, they've I've done, never heard um, of that.
2: Yeah, you, like you wouldn't think about that, right? right? But that's real. Um, or there was one murder where they were looking for a suspect for something. Um, so they used like Apple, like iPhone tracking, mm-hmm. or wh- maybe all phone tracking. I don't know. Um, but they used
3: that to see who was in the area right. of said crime. Well, even data is the thing that you're using to pay all these free online services. Right. So why, if it's profitable for somebody, should I be forced by the government to give it to them for free? Yeah. I'm not a commodity of the government. I'm mm. a human being.
1: Right. Like your information is what they want. That's why yeah. they do free games. Right. Or weird little things. Like One thing I've heard is data mining that is so weird. Um, I, I, I've like lost what I was about to say because I said data when I usually say data, but, um, I've heard that this is data mining. Whenever you, you see on Facebook, a post that'll be like, what was your childhood? What was your mom's maiden name and everybody's (laughs) commenting it what's your social security number yeah Yeah. find
3: out what pokemon you are
1: yeah exactly (laughs) yeah those really are apparently um data mining things sometimes yeah it is Mm -hmm. i'm sure it is um
3: it's weird people just give their data away for free right and they voluntarily pay to give it away like in 23andme and yeah insurance companies are now buying that so, data i actually this morning
2: i had a patient come up to me because I, I think she was watching the news um and she came up to me all flustered and she was like oh my gosh i just heard that one of the dna things um was had a data breach where oh. they found like everyone's name their address their gender and like a bunch of personal information and she was really worried She was like I just got that done. Me and my daughters got that done because I have some sort of heart defect thing. Mm. So they were getting it done to see if they had the genetic trait for it or whatever, if they had um, you know, the genes for it. And so she was all freaked out and she was like, I didn't even know this was possible. Like, and it's just unfortunate. She was like, you know, we were just trying to do a good thing to see if they were gonna get what I have or pass it like- on to their children and now like all of our personal like she was really freaked out about it and i'm like i don't blame you like just this random hacker knowing your name and your address enough never mind like all of your personal health information and all this other stuff you know what i mean
1: it's just a weird thing to me that people do all this testing to find out like my sister used to be obsessed and was telling me before you get married you need to take this test that'll tell you like what things our parents are have passed down to us that way you don't marry somebody who has the same ones and then you and your kid might end up uh giving your kids that I was like, I wouldn't marry someone based on like how pure our kids' genes were gonna be. Yeah, I would marry them based on Habsburg. I think
2: yeah. um, but I think that so many people like blame their bad health on bad genetics. Mm. Um and once you start studying epigenetics right. and like realizing like no There are things you can do to turn these genes on or off. Like, this isn't a death sentence. Just because your dad had diabetes doesn't mean, like, yeah, you might be predisposed for that. But how about you stop eating sugar and carbs? And, like, then you won't get those things. So, like, there's always things people can do to, like... Better, th- like, I mean, there's things you can do literally while you're pregnant to better your child's chances to be healthy when they're born. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, all of these things you can do when they're a very young child to, like, help them be healthier. Um, and then they have to make those decisions as an adult. So, like, these things aren't just, like, a life sentence. So, like, people get really obsessed with that. And I feel like it also kind of like manifests it, right? right. So like, there's a lot of like,
1: I feel like um, I know that I'm testing. predisposed to get, yeah. There, so like I'm you're totally thinking about gonna it, get it. Yeah. you know what I mean?
2: Like, and you become like obsessed with it. And I totally think that you can like unintentionally like call those things into your life.
3: There's so many you weird know? little freak things that happen during pregnancy anyway yeah. that can go wrong that you'd never know through ch- through testing. Yeah. So to say. Oh, you don't marry somebody on the off chance you might pass yeah. something down to your kids when just random happenstance could happen. And yeah, could come out with yeah. something anyway.
2: Right? Yeah, exactly. Like there's no way to, and, and there's, there's so like, many things you don't
3: know. You know what I mean?
2: I
1: told her that was like kind of Hitler of her too. It's like what, like yeah, everybody like, needs um, to be like finding
2: what is that called? The, um, the eugenics. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, eugenics. That's yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I was saying. Yeah, there sweet. are some
3: things like, um, oh, what is it called? Fatal familial insomnia, you probably shouldn't uh, have kids.
1: What is I that? I don't know what
3: that is. Oh, so one day you just never go to sleep again and you die.
1: Oh, that's terrifying.
3: Oh my Yeah, gosh. and it, it's genetic. And so... Yeah, don't reproduce if don't you have that. Don't reproduce if you have that. Like, if you yeah. have something like
1: that, maybe, yeah, don't, yeah. but... It, I didn't know back then that I, like, definitely wasn't going to reproduce anyway, but now I definitely am not going to reproduce <laughs> anyway, but I just wouldn't have married anyone based on... I wouldn't have broke up with someone that I was, like in love enough to marry and have kids with just based on we got these test results back. Yeah. There's so
2: many different factors. And like,
1: there's so many, like if, if a woman's over 35,
2: you know, like you have all these risk factors. And then also like if a man, like if your partner, if the male, you know, part of the, whatever reproduction, (laughs) if they are older, like there's also certain things, but like there's also the possibility that none of that stuff could happen right. and you could have a perfectly healthy, normal baby. Actually, and then like two like teenagers could have a baby and their kid could have a bunch of birth defects. So it's like there's really no, There's there's so many unknowns. It's like you right. can't really control that stuff. And it's like I think when we try to play God and like try to control things a little too
3: much, things go awry. It, and then there's kinda- all the garbage dna they say people have oh yeah you this. don't need it anymore. yeah it doesn't do anything like, yeah i'm sure. sure it's just there for no reason yeah. at all
1: i don't believe that at all and right. it's like majority of your dna information is quote garbage dna and mm-hmm. i think that has a lot to do with the epigenetic um stuff that nikki's talking about It's like you can turn on things yeah. that you didn't know were even there mm-hmm. and um maybe there was things that we used to be able to access that we can't access anymore basically turning the whole conversation back to what we we're talking about earlier um, it's like one thing I wanted to bring up back then when we were talking about that is um the people in like Ireland who would talk about like the Celtic people who would talk about, Oh yeah, I totally saw a gnome and maybe not a gnome, like that's what like they would have called it. But Fae. so many of them would talk about there's historical accounts of so many people from like that area and also other areas, but that area was like huge. Just like it was everyday normal life. Yeah, like I was walking down the street and I saw X, Y, Z fairy type thing. Why would they all be crazy? Why would they all be lying? You know, why would they all... I, I think that people just used to be able to perceive things that we can't now that are probably like something... It's kind of crazy
2: nature. to, like, write off thousands of people as just being crazy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. it's or like, just no, were, oh, it's you're a just confused. Time. You Every single one of you was mistaken.
1: Right. It's
2: like, yeah. oh, okay, sure. I think
1: times have just changed and we just, you know, we don't have the ability to see those things anymore. Use our junk DNA for what it was um, used for, do different things with our bodies, where, like, I don't know, maybe it's true that there used to be a lot fewer cases of things like cancer and autoimmune diseases because of the fact that people were more in tune with their bodies. And you know, Or because was there wrong, wasn't so
2: much, like, toxins and pollutants, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they were trying to kill I think, Forever
3: chemicals and well, everything. And right. that's the
2: thing, too. It's like, yeah, we didn't have all these diseases because now it's like everything's plastic. All the pesticides. I mean, you literally can't run away from this stuff. Companies it's in your clothes. dumping yeah. chemicals
3: into the water. Yeah,
2: it's like, you know, the water supply, the air, like everything is contaminated. And I was you know, having discussion with a discussion with a midwife about this where we were talking about EMFs and like, you know, tr- how like coaching pregnant women on like, don't use your laptop with it on your belly and like just simple things you can do to like reduce your baby's exposure to EMFs and stuff like that. Uh, and she was like, you know, I, I tell people all this stuff, but at the end of the day, um, they're still being exposed to 5G to you know air pollutants to you know everything in their food like even if you eat super healthy it's like there still might be pesticides in your food microplastics like, there's microplastics right like there's no and way people
1: peeing their antidepressants into the water supply. yeah like
2: literally they're like there's no way to or avoid or it's extremely hard to avoid a lot of these things so it's like yeah you can do your best but still um and i think that the conversation stemmed from we were talking about the necessity of ultrasounds and i'm like well you know previously like people didn't use ultrasounds like is that really necessary and she was like well i mean like obviously it's a personal decision but there's a lot of birth defects like there's a lot of stuff that i we a- weren't exposed mm-hmm. to so like you know it can sometimes be nice to have a fetal anatomy scan just to make sure yeah baby's organs are on the inside and, yeah. and whatnot but
1: yeah and that is, like, definitely a personal choice because, like, I totally understand the the side of not wanting to subject your kids to whatever raise they get with. And I also totally understand I might not want to carry the baby to term if its organs are on the outside, like you said, or whatever. Well, so. and there's certain
2: things that, like, in the home birth setting, like, that isn't compatible for life in the home birth setting. Mm, yeah. You need to birth in the hospital. Right. But also, like, you know, you kind of need to make terms for that because my stance was, at the time I was very anti-ultrasound mm-hmm. and I'm like, I, I think it's bad. Like these are my reasons. So I was kind of, I wanted to reach out to somebody cause I'm like, can you like, what is your, your point of this? Cause I see you're ordering ultrasounds. Like, what do you feel about this? And that was her thing. Like I think the, the pros outweigh the cons if you're using the technology responsibly, but also like, the majority of babies are born perfectly healthy and fine
1: and the other thing is there are people that go and get their babies like a million ultrasounds because they're so excited to see them like i have a friend she's a really sweet girl or she's not stupid or anything like that but she has had three babies and um one was twins or two were twins so she's been pregnant twice is what i'm trying to say and nothing's wrong with the kids or anything but she would go to these like Twenty four seven clinics where you can just go get ultrasounds over and over again. Mm-hmm. The yeah. three so D
3: ultrasounds, mm-hmm. yeah, like all that
2: stuff. And it excited. really should be. And, and that's a, it's nice that people are excited, and I think they're just misinformed. Like they, people don't know about this stuff, like what you're exposing your child to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or even like the early ultrasounds, like you know, probably I mean, it, worse. Yeah, it's just. Oh, you like, mean
1: early in pregnancy? Yeah. So that probably is worse too. I thought you meant like when they first invented ultrasounds they, oh, they were using were
2: x-rays yeah well that's the thing like you have to think about it so like that's the other thing with ultrasounds right so previously we were using x-rays now if you're a nurse and you're pregnant you're not even allowed in the x-ray room yeah so yeah. like you can't even be exposed to that like it's really serious because we know the negative uh interactions of that technology ultrasounds it's like okay well This is a new-ish technology. Yes, it's been studied. Yes, we know it's relatively safe. But what happens in 10 years when they come out with all of these negative things that are happening because of the ultrasounds or maybe because of the other things that doctors are prescribing for women during pregnancy? And it's like, so to call someone negligent for opting out of these things, it's like, you don't really know what that's doing to you or your baby. So. It, it absolutely is a personal decision, and I don't think people should be shamed because they don't want to do all of the testing that your doctor is, like, shaming you into.
1: Yeah. even
2: it's okay, you don't need it.
1: Even vets will shame you into things that they want you to do with your dog. Yeah, and Yeah, that's how stuff. they make money. Yeah. My, I don't really want to talk about the whole thing, but my vet is doing it to me right now. But after I put my foot down about it once, like, she drops it. And that just makes it so clear to me that, she's just trying to get money and as soon as she realizes it's not gonna be easy like she just thought like oh she's young and she'll do whatever yeah at one point i literally was like okay listen i need to talk to my husband about this okay and she has not called me back about this test Mm -hmm. she wanted me to get my dog done
3: so my youngest i did my own my own health care really yeah and i didn't get any ultrasounds and i had her in a hospital because there was no other option where we were and so after i had her the I'm O-negative, and the nurse came oh, yeah, in. Oh, you need the rogam. The nurse came in, and she was like, you're you're sensitized now, and you can't have any more kids. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? Okay. And, and then I got the, what my that babies. Mean? Sensitized. So, so when you um, are O-negative, if you get cross placental blood, then the your body, the next time you're pregnant, will reject the baby, mm-hmm. because you build up antibodies
7: mm-hmm.
3: um, that you didn't originally have okay. to the baby's blood. Um, but i got her paperwork and she was she's also o negative and i was like so, so it looks how exactly like no do risk. you think that i'm sensitized because i wasn't when i had my last daughter cuz i got tested right after cuz she's not the same blood type yeah and she is well, the you same can... blood type as me so will you yeah. explain that to me and she's like oh um i'll go look into that Literally, and she never came and, back and, and never said anything <laughs> <laughs> That's so, a straight lie to you
2: yeah so there's um like Several women who like So say if you're If you and your partner are both O negative You don't need Rogan Like yeah. there's zero chance that your baby is going to be positive What is this? Um,
1: uh, is that a drug? Yeah. So
2: Rogan, it's actually not a drug It's a oh. blood product that they make from other pe Like serum from other people's blood Oh my god. Um, so that's why a lot of people don't want it And it's very common to have reactions to it So a lot of people try to avoid it, whatever Um, So if both If you and your partner are both negative blood type Your baby can't be positive like that's not how blood typing works. Hmm. So a lot of like women will be like they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's 28 weeks. You need your rogan. And they're like, oh, no, my partner's negative. So I actually don't need it. And they're like, essentially, like and women have told me that the doctor has legit said this to them. Well, we don't know that it's his baby. Oh. All right, well, we're married, and that's the only person that it, like I know who I had sex with. Like, That's his child. That's terrible. And they're like, well, like just in case. Like, they, they essentially do not believe you. When <laughs> you tell your doctors things, they don't always. I mean, it's, and some doctors and, and nurses are good. Yeah, yeah, but they'll lie to you, and they're like, nope. And you gotta pay for
1: I, the rogam or whatever. Yeah, of
2: course. All your insurance does, or you do, whatever. Yeah. But they're trying to check off the boxes, and they're like, nope, we just have to do all these things. And I I think a lot of times, like when you're sharing information with your healthcare provider, they don't always believe you. And it's like, that's just so sad. It's like, oh, and you're going to like be there to like help me through my birth. And I'm supposed to trust you when you
3: don't even trust me. Medical Hmm. gaslighting. That's not real.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's just like crazy. And like the first woman that told that to me, I was like, no, like, that's insane. I can't believe they said that to you. And then after that, like since then. Um, I've heard at least like 10, 15 women from all over the country say this. so this is like a common thing where they'll be like, no, we don't believe you. Or, or they'll say that in like a less like abrasive way, like, oh, just in case. And they're like, well, you're a doctor. Do you know how blood typing
3: works? Like, why would I take something just in case that I don't need? Yeah. And then if you're like, oh,
2: well, I, I had this reaction to it. Like I got this rash or I got really sick. Like it's one of the side effects from the rogram like i think that was due to it a lot of the times they'll be like no i don't think so that doesn't really happen and they're like but it's on it's listed as one
3: of the side effects (laughs) must have been something else i don't know
1: wow and uh, speaking of wanting to just uh check things off so Uh, that way they have their butts covered one thing that really is so scary to me about like people's stories of having babies that i've heard um a friend that just recently had a baby she basically she had had she it was her fourth baby and um, she had had a C-section the time before, like her third baby, and this baby was going to come naturally, and she started labor, but then it ended up being fake labor, and, and her due date was coming up where they were like, okay, so um, if you don't have the baby by the 4th, we're going to, uh, you know, cut it out, have a mm-hmm. C-section. And she said, well, what if uh, the baby, like, since I keep having these contractions, what if I actually go into labor? And I just start having the baby before then, which is what happened. But she said, the doctor said to her, well, we're not, we're just going to go ahead with cutting you open anyway, then, because that's our game plan. Right. Like that's so messed up to do to someone. Because it's easier. Because they can plan
2: that. So instead of having a mystery length of labor. In in work. You you know, know, yeah, it's a lot harder. It's like just, you know. Oh, let's just schedule, you know, a major abdominal surgery
1: where they cut through seven layers of tissue. And she had a terrible. experience. No big deal. Instead of
3: doing the thing your body was made to do. No big deal. Right.
1: Right. This was an interesting show tonight. So if you have any thoughts about this, we're going to be back on tomorrow. It's 603-283-6160. Put that in your phone and you can call in with whatever is on your mind. Um, It's been Free Talk Live and you can find more at freetalklive.com. Peace.